0: boomerang, you know, boomerang. Yeah, boomerang. <laughs> oh my gosh we need to have them come over and Mari our attic <laughs> <laughs> he's so great be like okay kids great great he's like you know i need you to mix me a drink <laughs> blah 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 Blah, 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 blah. Brad, 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 Rad- brad, 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 Brad. Ha ha ha!
1: So peanut butter applesauce. How am <laughs> I sounding? <laughs> <laughs> how are we sounding? Okay. <laughs>
0: how, how you really Dude, done? this is a good day. Two two recordings in one day. This is fun. Yeah, we. But I think we had like 34 comments or something. Yeah. That was good. And there was like a point where somebody called Kenton's phone, and so he was gone. And I sat there for like 10 seconds, like trying to play it cool, like, oh, it's just a bad connection. And then I'm like, he's not coming back. <laughs> oh god. Okay. What are we gonna do? Where's Kenton? All right. Well, I guess I'm gonna disconnect and like call back. And then like he pops up and he's like, hey, I'm here. Someone was calling my phone. <laughs>
2: And it's funny because one of the comments was, Where the hell did Kenton go? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm just like sitting
0: there trying to play it cool, and then I'm like, Nope.
2: Kenton. 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 Renton. Mike, check. Mike, check. Mike, I'm a little hot.
0: Peanut butter, applesauce. <laughs> Peanut butter, applesauce. <laughs> <laughs> this is Alaska DIY.
1: Let's go do a wall.
3: I gotcha.
0: <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, I don't think I've bought booze at Costco since like our Grand Canyon trip. It's been a while since really? I've gone in there. That'd be I fun. I just love
1: big bottles of stuff for cheap.
0: Yes. That's fun. <laughs>
1: That's my kind of weekend.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, obviously you guys brought the party. That's fun.
1: Yeah, we. Uh, I was looking at a couple different bottles of wine, and a few of them were from back home in like Columbia Valley, Washington. Did you guys drink wine there? Yeah, it I mean good? occasionally. Oh yeah, there's some good wineries around for sure. Nice. Um, so I had a bottle in my hand, and I was like, "Port. I haven't had port in a long time." I'm like, and I'm Thank just you. thinking like. She drinks red wine all the time. This is like I love port, the dessert wine. Yeah, surely she might, but she might. No, you don't have to try or like put on a siparoos happy face just to make me feel good. I well, will. Yeah.
0: Yes. We'll drink the Brad. Port over Yeah. On we'll be able to. Brad over here is a yes, yes the man. I the, beer. Like, the, the <laughs> See, this is why Brad and I are a good team. Because he's a yes man. The, I'm, a no ye- I'm a no woman. Yes are you?
2: Yep. Cheers. Man. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers to being the yes man. I'm just going to get this right up in my grill as a pack. We'll
1: just pass the bottle back
0: and yes, forth. Yes.
2: I would love that. Just take little hits off the bottle. The <laughs> last I used- time I was yes man, I got scolded cuz people thought I was going to float away in the Colorado River. Oh my god. <laughs> so what was that? <laughs> uh we me and this guy Max. We just got just
0: Max is an enabler. Max is a total enabler.
2: <laughs> He's like a surfer He's he's a an Alaskan surfer. A little closer? Yeah, a little closer. A little closer. <laughs> a little closer. There we go. Matt, Matt he's like a...
0: He's <laughs> like, actually, put it in
2: your mouth.
1: Oh, I need a video of that, man.
2: <laughs> I'll push a, it back a
1: little further. That's tip, nice. You can tip nice. back in your
0: chair all night. <laughs> Yeah. You said you were a yes man.
2: Yeah, I'm a yes man.
3: <laughs> I was trying to get like an inch. Sorry about the, sorry about that. F-
1: That's what she said. <laughs>
0: oh my god, this is not gonna work.
1: <laughs>
0: so do it, Brad. I'm yeah. out. Okay, so I'm sorry. <laughs> Shit, you're on the. <laughs>
2: are we recording
0: oh yeah we've been recording for a while <laughs> we're trying to set the stain brad we're setting the tone that's right okay. i'm sorry so what there i was <laughs> with a
1: mouthful mm. you were on the grand canyon river i yes. mean the colorado river yep
2: with max who's a total enabler he's a surfer from alaska so you know he's pretty hardcore Ah. And there's this one random night where we all, I don't know, they're on the river, There's, you know, you have 30 days with the same people. And so you have crazy nights and then you have mostly, most of the nights are, I guess it depends on the crowd you're with, but most of the nights are pretty mellow. You know, people go out there because they kind of like want to find their inner self and things like that. But then you have those nights where everybody, probably something to do with the stars, everybody like just, is on another level. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, Max and I just polished off a bottle of Jameson. And, uh, then sooner than later, we were just in the river at pitch black and then in, at night. No, slipping. no, 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 no.
0: They were standing on the rafts smoking rollies oh, yeah. <laughs> with one of the biggest rapids on the entire river, not a hundred yards downstream of them, which we needed to <laughs> run in the morning. And the, trip from the campfire down to the boats is like a super slick muddy sandy like if you Shoot. fall you're going into yeah. the river and you're going through crystal rapid <laughs> they're just standing on the boat smoking rollies like dude oh dude i love you man like blah 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 and we're like they're gonna <laughs> fall in and they're gonna swim crystal rapid at midnight this is gonna be bad
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and we i mean we started slipping and like trying to get back up onto the beach and it was slimy mud you know like really yeah really slick and and uh so we anyway it didn't we didn't fall in but i mean we fell down a couple times but we didn't actually go into the current and uh there were uh a number of agitated comments as we came up to the campfire about being irresponsible and uh maybe we should go to bed <laughs> so as, you know when you get cut off in the on the colorado river you're you've taken it a little too far
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are rollies oh uh, because i'm not gonna judge or anything but like <laughs> i'm just curious like we're in alaska
2: and yeah. uh uh just roll up cig- tobacco oh yeah, yeah yeah gotcha yeah not not
0: it's way cooler if you roll it yourself it is
1: that is that <laughs> sounds sounds true yeah yeah
2: kind of like a sleeping bag <laughs>
1: We're definitely recording, right, babe? Yeah, we're recording. Okay. <laughs> Brad, what's your last name? Heard.
0: You heard? Heard. <laughs> <Like, laughs> <laughs> wait, how do you
1: spell that? H U R D. Oh, that one threw me for a loop. I didn't yeah. see that coming. Yep. H U R D. Yep. Oh man. Um. Yeah, we were. Justin and I were having that conversation all the way over here. Like, what's Brad's last name? I don't know. It's the probably, big guy It might be Kelly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. Yeah. It might be.
2: <laughs> if I play or my choice. cards right, it's gonna be. You
0: know. <laughs> You're taking Brad's my name.
1: Choice? I don't. Know. <laughs> There's choice and Brad's hey, choice. That make that's a, good a good couple. Idea.
2: Oh, gosh.
0: That sounds like an April Fool's joke.
2: Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming up. Do you guys ever have? Do you have any favorite
1: pranks? For April's. April fools. Um, I've done a few in the past. I wouldn't say I have a favorite. Mm. Do we have Do you have any favorites? Well, I am not on a mic, but you know what? One of our friends is- <laughs> See, Jess <laughs> yeah. should be on a mic. She this is my wife, Jessica, See? talking in the background. <laughs> I don't need a mic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Got you suckers. <laughs> Again, I did not see that coming.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's Sorry. funny. No, that's not gonna make the. That can't make the cut. That's just for us. That's awesome. Next time you have a good story like that, you gotta crawl over and talk mm-hmm. into Heather's mic. I just
0: just come get my know. lap. Yeah. Come. <laughs> You might have to move the stuffed animals over. Yeah, you might have to move (laughs) the stuffies. Yeah. (laughs) Bear and marshmallow might get in the way.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh.
0: Oh, I do have a funny story. So I think I told you about this where I was living in Colorado and I had left Colorado to come back to Alaska. And while I was gone, a forest fire had started. And so I was up here in Alaska and doing my thing hanging out, like enjoying being home for a little bit. And while I was gone, that forest fire made it all the way up to the house that I've been living in. And there was kind of like this impending doom of like, oh, is the house that I was renting going to burn down this forest fire? And so a friend of mine went up to the house and I was like, man, if you would just grab like my binder of film and marshmallow, that'd be great.
1: Marshmallow? What? Who's marshmallow?
0: This is marshmallow. The
1: stuffed animal? Yeah. That one on that you're holding? Yeah. Oh,
0: this—he's—he is, is the lone survivor of that forest fire.
1: Wow! Because
0: <laughs> I didn't actually think the place was going to burn to the ground with all my stuff in it, but it did, and Marshmallow made it. So he's a little bit of an icon. <laughs> this
1: little guy. Is that a dog or a bear? He's a polar bear. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. But Marshmallow—he has stories awesome. to tell. Yep.
1: All the way from Colorado. All the way. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been trying to think of how I'm gonna intro these cause like I've you know, you do the pre-roll and stuff like that where you like do the recording, but then I'm like, should I be like Hey, I'm sitting here with Heather's Choice and <laughs> and Brad, the big guy. I'm the big guy. Tonight. You know, it's just like, oh my god, that sounds so sweet. No, stupid. we should mm. talk
0: about how we how we met, because it was so serendipitous and easy and Super fun. Yes. Very easy. Easy laid back, like Cause what you and I met at that makers market in like October or something like and that. I like, well, I guess we had been here a little while, but yeah, still We're fresh. Like Jess and I got to meet.
1: We have to get Jess a mic. That doesn't I know. work at all.
0: I know. I like her
2: hide more. We can we can run down to the Jess. garage and get a
0: mic. We can get another mic. And I don't be have
2: another. Better. I don't have another cord. We can get another quarter. <laughs> yes. I swear to God. Yes. Right down there. <laughs> Are you
1: serious?
0: Let's do it. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
2: This
1: yeah. is it's awesome. It's going to be way more fun. with. We'll see.
4: Let's take a field trip. Whoa, <laughs> yeah. I
1: pushed the stop record button. Is that no, okay? No, you just push record again. I know. But- yep. Don't yep, worry about it. Yep, we use it. Send so Malachi great. over tomorrow. <laughs> no. We're on. Turns out if We're
2: you, on. if you have a real How are the levels? carpet and you shampoo peanut your butter applesauce, your entire house smells like a wet dog <laughs> for <laughs> weeks. Peanut if butter, you have had a sauce. dog, if peanut you butter applesauce. Otherwise, it just sounds like a. <laughs> wet we're sheep good. or smells like a wet sheep <laughs> sounds, sounds like a wet sheep <laughs> <laughs> what, what
1: is a, a wet sheep, sheep?
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey
0: Brad remember meh. this meh the big guy
3: <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed
4: All to right, tone it down awesome. that break was whoops <laughs> <laughs>
1: we when you break it got all kinds of good stuff <laughs> Jessica's on the mic now Holla. you were gonna tell a story and now no one knows uh, what the story is good.
4: it'll come back if all it was right. meant to be
0: yep
1: we are back <laughs> I have this outline that I created for the podcast tonight I don't know if
0: start <laughs> I just don't go. think <laughs> you can I do don't it. think
1: I'm gonna use it honestly
0: no no one's feelings are gonna be hurt no
1: just no definitely. one will even know so we won't tell them. This has been super fun already. Even if this this conversation for the next however long we last goes completely even bust, even if
0: we screw it all up, <laughs> even,
1: <laughs> even if we f it all up, it'll be a, a successful evening in my book. Um, tonight, I want to hear your opinion on this, Heather. I'm the, ready. the first time we hung out, there was a lot of swearing coming from your direction a lot like more was that brad, is, our house? brad is <laughs> nodding brad is like <laughs> yeah and i was super like <laughs> super happy super impressed and just like totally at ease like yes um swear
0: words just take the edge off
1: <laughs> i feel like they're they make good exclamation marks
0: Mm-hmm.
4: strong emotion
1: yeah a lot of like yeah or definitely something. And also, You're anytime I'm not around the swearing. kids, I swear a lot too. I have like an on-off switch. I grew up in a, like as a preacher's kid. And so <laughs> at home, I didn't swear at all. And I think when I went to, I, like I was a product You're of just public. making
0: up for lost time. Yeah, I'm making up for lost time. But no, I'd,
1: I'd go to school and I'd just, you know, be dropping F-bombs. I remember like one time at a track meet, like one of the volunteer helpers was like, oh, potty mouth, huh? You know, because I had like, I was jumping, like long jump or something and- didn't, you know, didn't have a good jump and just dropping F-bombs, you know, coming out it. of the sand pit. And I'm just like, oh, potty mouth, huh? And I remember feeling really bad, like, oh, what if they find out I'm a preacher's kid? <laughs> you know? But I don't feel that way anymore. No. <laughs> My, so, to this point, all the podcasts I've done have been very clean. I don't think there's been any swear words in any of them. At all, we
0: are going to royally fuck that up. <laughs>
1: that is what I am hoping. That's what I am hoping for. Okay, good deal. We're on the same page, then. That's great. Good deal. Okay, while I've got you here, cornered into a microphone, I do have one question for you, though. Just one? No, no, I have more than that, but one to start with. <laughs> yeah. Totally self-serving. I am thirty-six year old years old now. Na- th- I th- right, babe?
4: Thirty-seven. <laughs>
3: How Are old I 37?
1: am I? 36. Uh, I think I'm 36.
4: 30. Yeah, sure. Close. In there somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Um, and a couple years ago, I started like getting inflammation in my joints.
0: Ooh. Somebody's getting old. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Someone's so, not getting
0: away with what they did in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Two years ago, I started icing my knees during elk season. In my mind, I'm still like in my 20s and can do anything I want to do or at least I, I like to think that that is not the case anymore. So, <clears throat> we were recently having a conversation about how diet affects inflammation and I'm very curious to hear you kind of expound a little bit more on how can I try to address inflammation in my especially my knees just, you know, for like for clarity I guess. That is where I get like the most swelling and it's kind of on a daily basis now, mm-hmm. almost. Although it's definitely worse when I do a lot of physical exercise, especially with a heavy pack on, you know.
0: Okay, just what? because Jess is sitting right next yeah. to me, and because if it were, like, just us, I would immediately be like, Jess, there's a book, it's called You Can, you Can Heal Your Life, or You Can Heal Your Body by Louise Hay, and it's immediately going to talk about knees mm. and ego.
1: What? Which is like
0: very knees? common for Wait, men
1: knees and ego?
0: Yes. So like I don't that's even a totally understand another conversation. But like just put it in your notes of Got like mm-hmm. get this book on kind of how your thoughts impact your physical body and how knees play into that and like blah 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 So just to put that on there, as far as from a food standpoint.
1: Well, maybe yeah. I mean, I, I thought that that's the direction I wanted to yes. go. But maybe, but
0: but every so this is what I think is so important is that when we have a certain tool in our toolkit, like if I have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? So if I know nutrition Mm. and you tell me you have knee problems, I'm like, I'm going to hit it with this hammer. (laughs) But there are actually like many, many, many tools that we can use to fix problems. So, like, the tools in my toolkit oftentimes are. Uh, the mind-body connection, and then nutrition. So mind-body connection first, I would definitely look into that. I think that's super compelling. From a nutrition standpoint, inflammation is something that's rampant in, I would say, our society because of so many different lifestyle factors. So something just like stress can impact inflammation. But then additionally, you have 70% of your immune system, which is housed in the gut, And 70% of the serotonin in your body is actually produced in the gut as well. So gut health is a really big impact on all of your inflammation throughout the whole body. So the first thing you could do before even looking at your knee is say, what's going on upstream of that? So what's going on in your head would be the first place to look. But then additionally, what's going on in the gut? And so I know for you guys, you already follow a really healthy diet that doesn't mean that you don't have gut irritants, such as gluten or beans or uh, corn, dairy, you know, some of the like, really low hanging fruits would be the first place I would look to just say, okay, if you already follow a gluten soy dairy free diet, maybe that isn't it. But what are the other foods that can potentially be causing this downstream inflammation? Um, A Additionally, if it's not just strictly inflammation, you can also have the breakdown of collagen. So looking at your diet and saying, am I just eating muscle meats? So am I strictly focused on eating ground beef and rump roast and blah, 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 blah. How much of my diet actually consists of the cartilage or the joint bits in the animals that I'm going out and hunting? Because all of that stuff is actually going to contribute to your own joint health. So getting more collagen or more glucosamine from bone broth and things like that can have a huge impact as well. So if if you were a client coming to me saying, I have joint pain, what should I do? It would probably be like a three to six month process of here are the things that we're going to change and let's see if you notice a difference over that time frame. So long answers no it's (laughs) super
1: good so i'm really lots of hand waving (laughs) i'm really fascinated by the 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 first example you gave the book what is that about
0: so when i was a kid if i would come down with like a fever or something my parents were really geeked on this stuff and it was just all about how our mind impacts our our physical body And so, if I came down with a fever, they would say, well, you know, like, are you having a childish reaction? Now, basically, is this your way of kind of getting out of something or like a rash? Or if I would get a stomach ache, the response was, well, what are you dreading? And it's basically recognizing that we have this uh, mind-body connection that's really undeniable. So, if you've ever gotten nervous about something and you've noticed butterflies in your stomach, You don't physically have those butterflies, but the thought of, holy cow, I'm really scared, I'm really nervous, is having a physical impact on the body. And so it just takes it one step further and says that any physical manifestation of disease is really rooted in our thoughts. Your subconscious, maybe? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: I, I was kind of hoping for an easier answer like, <laughs> like eat
0: more potatoes yeah <laughs> yes sorry <laughs> didn't give you that. <laughs> if you want the easy answer is eat less potatoes because they <sighs> are nightshades and can contribute to autoimmune conditions and if you have rheumatoid arthritis well then no more nightshades for you bugger because abe was Shit. just saying was, like yeah,
1: just saying how much <laughs> i like potatoes and our daughter is; she doesn't agree well with potatoes, and so we kind of don't eat a lot of potatoes in the house because of her. She's also the baby in the family, so <laughs> if we were to eat potatoes, we definitely hear Care about, about it. it. Yeah. Yep. Okay.
0: Yeah. So interesting. I I think that's what's so tough is you know when you're talking about healing or uh, dysfunction in the body again. There's a bajillion different hammers you can use to hit it with, but whatever hammer you choose, you have to believe that that's the one that's going to work because ultimately your mind is going to be the the denominator in the whole thing. If you think it's a placebo and think that it's bullshit and it's never going to work, well, it's not going to work. However, if you truly believe like, wow, I'm cleaning up my diet, I'm pulling out nightshades, I'm being really proactive on potentially an autoimmune condition, such as rheumatoid arthritis, and I'm taking these steps, just that belief and the action that you're taking is going to have a positive impact on the pain that you're feeling, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, no, that's cool. Let me (laughs) ask you this. Let's say that my knees, there's like something wrong. And I've heard of people talking about like, oh, I went in and saw the doctor and I got a, I don't know, what is it, a cas scan? Do they get c- CAT scans of joints? What is it? And they're like, I don't have MRI. any cartilage left. MRI. Thanks. MRI. Brad. Brad's got it. I don't have any cartilage left Cartilage <laughs> left or something like that. It's like, it's bone on bone. Ah, what do I do? It's like, how how much of that is a reality versus how much of that can actually be affected by other things in life, such as diet or the way you th- think about, <laughs> I don't know, like you're-, you're how do you how do you categorize that like your the psychological aspect of
0: well i think, how you think all of it is valid so just that example my mom is somebody at 60 years old who went in and they're like oh yeah you know you don't have any cartilage left in your knee like you're going to have to have a knee replacement and she's like holy cow like i'm i'm not ready for something like that what can i do and so all of her action to be preemptive about that and to hopefully not have to go in under the knife is reducing inflammation, just like you talked about with your knees, like, how do I get rid of this? And then also, what can I do to help my body rebuild that missing cartilage, which is where the collagen and glucosamine and those food sources of uh, collagen and glucosamine could be really helpful. So I think there's a ton of stuff that you can do to either be proactive or preventative before you have to legitimately go in under the knife and have a full knee replacement.
1: Gotcha. Cuz that's something that to me would be kind of up there with the greatest <laughs> my greatest fears in life is like wearing a joint out, not being able to backpack around and go hunting and do the things I want to do, you know, it's like, "Oh my god, what do I do now?" You know. But you're saying that that's going under the knife and getting some new a new set of knees lopped off and inserted in there is not the only answer
0: no i'm so like from my hippie upbringing the first thing i would say is what you think about you bring about so it's compelling to me that your biggest fear is losing your knees and like how much time do you spend thinking oh gosh i'm gonna get old and i'm not gonna be able to go run around the mountains and so if i were working with you i'd be like all right knock that shit off. Like that is the first thing that has to go. Um, That's like somebody focusing on being broke and what do they bring it back? Oh, I never have enough money because every time I have money, I freaking spend it because I have this belief that I'm broke and I make that my reality. So that'd be the first thing. Secondarily, there's a ton of dietary stuff that you can do to be proactive and having healthy knees. And then talking to someone like Kenton from train to hunt and saying, Hey man, like maybe my bi- biomechanics suck. Maybe I don't know how to squat. And so every time I pick up a heavy load, I'm actually buckling in at the knees. And I just have poor joint mobility or I have poor biomechanics. So there's just a lot of stuff you can do before going in for surgery. And I heard all of a lot of this stuff in a recent podcast on Mind Pump Media. Where they were talking with a gentleman who used to be what are the guys that actually do the surgery? They are called
2: a surgeon? <laughs> 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 spinoom-sh- <laughs> spinoom-sh- <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: like a special type <laughs> <of> surgeon. <guy. laughs> They're the I don't remember, yeah. either way. So this guy was actually doing a lot of knee replacements, and then he started in on the carnivore diet. And I wish I had like oh. my phone handy to start Am- like pulling this stuff up. But either way, this guy started doing this uh, carnivore diet, noticing a ton of decreases in inflammation. He's now like a badass athlete, blah, blah, blah. And he started recommending it to his patients like, hey, start thinking about changing up your diet and get rid of the inflammation before you consider surgery. And they eventually kicked him out of the hospital because it was costing them money. Oh, wow. (laughs) Now he's like, yeah, sorry. I don't have as many cases. I don't have as many surgeries anymore because I'm actually getting people healthy before just giving them the quick out, which is to replace the knees.
1: What, by recommending this diet specifically? like Just an just...
0: anti-inflammatory diet in general. Okay.
1: What's the carnivore diet?
0: The carnivore diet is strictly meat. Is or Sean, animal Dr. products. Sean Baker, is that? That might be it. Maybe. Yeah. is I think the website is like meat heals or meat cures or something like that. And so he's making the argument that... Plants specifically don't have a way to protect themselves, so they don't have teeth, they don't have claws, they can't yell real loud, but plants have other defense mechanisms that protect them from being eaten. So wheat, as an example, has lectins, or it has proteins such as gluten that are really difficult to digest, and that's the plant's defense mechanism, is those different proteins that it has that make it difficult to digest, that keep them from being eaten by birds and uh, deer and any other potential predator that could come along. So when you remove all of these plant foods from your diet and suddenly you're just eating meat, then suddenly you don't have things like phytates and lectins that can be disruptive to your gut and can be causing excess inflammation in the body. So... Not saying that I fully agree with the carnivore diet, but it is a theory that this guy is working on.
1: That's interesting. I like vegetables, but if I was going to imagine any diet, I think a carnivore diet sounds pretty appealing. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I like steak. Yeah. But this is like no, no carbs, no veggies at all.
0: No, not at all.
1: Is there fat? Is there a lot of fat consumption? You would
0: be eating the fat off the steaks that you're eating. Yeah. Yeah. So mm,
1: that's interesting. You
0: know, that's why I think keto is so big is because people see a dramatic decrease in inflammation because they're not eating a lot of sugar. They're not eating a lot of carbohydrates. They're not eating a lot of fiber, even, which can be really irritating for some people's guts. And so you see a lot of success with ketogenic diets for people because it's really anti inflammatory if you're eating high quality foods.
1: Let me ask you this. So there's a lot of diets out there, and I don't want to spend a lot of time on diets, right? Like, I don't want to beat that horse. (laughs) Like,
0: oh, come on. (laughs) There's so much fun
1: stuff to talk about here, but I do have this question for you. Like, there's a lot of fad diets, and I feel like a lot of them have to do with being kind of like on one end or another of the pendulum swing, right? And the carnivore diet definitely sounds like that, as is veganism and keto as well. Have you, like, in your experience, have you ever seen someone? five, 10 years down the road of ad- adhering to one of these diets that it still works like after that amount of time and they're still healthy and they still, you know, it's th- they're still seeing the benefits that someone might see after just a few months into a diet like this.
0: Yeah. Not with the carnivore diet specifically since that's kind of a new concept. So I can't say that I know anybody in particular who's had success over five to 10 years, which sure. is a really good point with vegan diets, I can think of a lot of examples of people who follow that for a handful of years, and then there eventually comes a time where they go off of it, and maybe they just move to uh, vegetarian or then pescatarian, because I do think that there is a timeline where eventually if you're B vitamin deficient, now you've got to get it from somewhere. And so I can't think of too many people I know who have been really strict raw or really strict vegan for 5, 10, 15, 20 years that aren't doing some really heavy supplementing. And so even if we look at our hunter-gatherer ancestors, you're going to be really hard-pressed to find any civilization that was strictly vegan or vegetarian.
1: That's just it. Like, I, you know, I see a lot of these diets and, and a lot of them are based in theory of how we evolved and what kind of, what kind of, you know, like you mentioned, like, um, you know, v- vegetable defense mechanism mechanisms or like how our bodies have evolved over years to digest certain types of foods. And it's like at some point we're, we're like the coyotes and the crows. Like we came to be humans because we could kind of like do a little bit of everything and eat a little bit of everything and Absolutely. figure out how to survive. And so there's a part of it that's kind of like, I'm not sure I totally buy into this like one hard line approach, even though you might be able to try a diet like keto, which I know like my wife, Jess, who's here, has played with in the past and had really good success and felt really like a lot of benefit from over the short term. I'm not totally sold that over the long term that these are like the silver bullet, you know, like this is like for the rest of your life, this is exactly how you should eat and what you should be eating. And this is the answer to human health. I I don't know and I don't even know if that's something worth chasing down here in this conversation but
0: no I think you're spot on that they're with all of these diets they can be really therapeutic so if you approach it as that like okay I'm gonna go on a fast why because I've been eating like shit I need like a reset
4: that's exactly when I I needed it was for that kind of a
0: absolutely so there's like those therapeutic diets and then there can also be the experimental diets. so like i'm just gonna try this and see how i feel and i'm gonna do the carnivore diet for six weeks and i feel freaking awesome but then like i'm really craving some kale right now that doesn't make you a bad person for then coming off of that and moving into maybe more of a maintenance diet that works for you year round kale yeah kale yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love kale me too i don't understand why people hate on kale
0: that's where i i've literally looked at like the ketogenic diet and the carnivore diet and like that's all well and good and i'm really geeked on making jam and growing stuff in our garden and eating all of it right and not being limited by whatever diet philosophy i'm on that week
1: (laughs) all right enough of diets brad you got anything on that on the diet category how are your knees doing man pretty good when i'm sitting down
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right I got, okay one more diet question actually uh, i got a couple more
0: <laughs> we can handle it i'm okay. not gonna give you a hard time you can ask all the diet questions you want
1: i okay i i listened to you and hillary talking on the gritty bowman podcast that was a while ago this was like last was last year, year. yeah super fun podcast though and somebody said something about peanut butter not being good. I want to officially take <laughs> Brad issue just made with this. the biggest
0: <laughs> face. <fitness. laughs> like, uh uh-uh. yeah, Whoever said that yeah. is wrong, Brad wrong. <laughs> says. Him and Abe are
4: together on that then, because that's what Abe wants to know.
0: Give him permission to eat all the peanut butter. What's
1: so wrong with peanut butter?
0: <sighs> Whew. I don't know that I have the, the language that's like up to date, but first and foremost... Peanut butter is actually really prone to mold because it's a ground plant, and so you can get aflatoxins. So imagine like being in an old house and breathing in black mold and thinking like, wow, that's really not that good for you to have this environmental toxin that's coming in all the time, and you can have that a lot with peanut butter where there's actually these aflatoxins that are very irritating to your immune system and maybe can impact the inflammation in your knees which I know you don't want to hear, but that's the biggest concern with peanut butter is not only is it potentially high in these molds that can be very irritating to the immune system, but then additionally, the type of fat that peanut butter has is not anti-inflammatory. It's actually pro-inflammatory. So it's primarily omega-6s versus omega-3s. And so those omega-6 fats are promoting inflammation in the body whereas the omega-3 fats that you would get from wild-caught salmon are actually going to be anti-inflammatory so it really depends person to person so long as you don't have a really intense reaction that's allergic such as what is it called when you anaphylactic, anaphylactic shock as so long as you don't have that not then yet. Yes. Then potentially you can play around with peanut butter and see, wow, if I cut it out of my diet, do I notice a difference in my inflammation? Or if I introduce it into my diet, am I totally fine and I don't notice a difference at all?
1: I like to play around with peanut butter with a spoon.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brad likes to play around with peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah.
1: Oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Are we best friends? I mean, we just became uh, them. Besties. <laughs> All right. So, I want to tell you briefly about my favorite backcountry meal. What?
4: We were going to talk about how we met. That's why.
1: <laughs> Jessica's giving me hand signals and She's crypt- like, no, no, cryptic no, 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 no. messages across the room. <laughs> I mean,
3: Okay.
2: <laughs> there it
1: is. Okay, I'm gonna put my to favorite backcountry meal on I hold while Jessica tells this story. A signal. Your turn. <laughs> no,
4: no, 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 no. I want to hear like- it now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just as a story.
4: Remember, we were gonna talk about how we
0: met. At
1: you, gotta no, right. you gotta eat the we mic. You
0: gotta eat the mic. Okay.
1: <laughs> Flashback.
0: Remember you have to put the whole mic in your mouth. I in <laughs> your mouth. <laughs>
4: um I just get excited when I remember things.
2: <laughs> me too so
4: that's where me that's too. where my inflammation I'm is extremely
2: forgetful so yeah
4: okay that's all she i think uh
0: you Good have job. to tell the story yeah i want to hear I it i don't i just i saw you at the maker's garage.
4: market which was when we first moved up here kind of and
1: up I, here being
4: to alaska yeah and i just knew that you were at bha last year which I was kind of in and out of with Abe. And I was and so I grabbed your card cuz you had just posted about the BHA pint night and Abe was hunting and I thought, "Oh, we should we should figure out BHA up here in Alaska and you were in charge of it." And so I stuck your card in my purse. And then Abe's been off of hunting now since the end of December and I was like, "Hey, you should get in touch with Heather's choice for pint nights or whatever what that's what it is and then we ran into you at steam dot which like was
0: yeah this is the funny part for me because i remember being at steam dot and i saw you and recognized you and i was like oh yeah we've met before and then i saw abe and i was like he must be the husband that was off hunting and then me as the introverted like only child i was like i can't go say hi to them shut up i cannot up. go, say hi. About I cannot that go say hi okay. and no i like come way. out of the bathroom and i look over and i'm like fuck they're looking at me okay i have to go say hi and then it was like magic ever since and you know are what? not See, introverted how yes, are you
1: introverted are you Brad
0: serious is nodding in my defense
1: you are one of the the best fake extroverted persons that (laughs) i know then thank you i will will (laughs) no and i mean that as a total like total compliment like i would have never in a in a million years guessed you were introverted because in from my perspective okay here's I was like fangirling a little bit. I'm like, oh
4: Yeah, my God, I was going to say, that's us. We're like, that's Heather from Heather. Heather's Choice. Oh Jess told me about yeah. her.
1: I should like drum up the courage to go over and introduce myself no, no, and no, say no, hi. No. No. And then you just walk <laughs> up and you're just like, hey, guys.
0: Like, oh.
2: Yeah. Full of shit.
0: <laughs> if Brad had been there, I would have been like... We should probably talk
2: to those people. No, Shut up. I'm not going to go
0: do it. Oh, my but God. But you should go. It's backwards. You, you should go say yeah, hi.
2: I'm, yeah. She, I'm a total, like, shield. Like,
4: <laughs> She's pushing she, you out Yeah. Here. Yeah. Like, we would be walking,
2: like, down through, like, you know, the trade shows. It's kind of narrow when people are, like, brushing shoulders and stuff. And she would be behind me, probably, and, like, holding me by the arms. And as soon as we came to pass you, she would, like run me into you and that would be the icebreaker that's your cue to where start I'm talking like, oh i'm sorry uh blah 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 oh hey you're wearing a Brad, and cho- this is heather uh of heather's choice <laughs> and then and then hi. i'm gone and then i'm out of the picture yeah exactly and then everything's fine but it's that it's that initial like even even when we hire a new employee i'm like hey heather are you gonna go say hi to so-and-so and she's like this is a true mm, story mm,
0: i'm nervous <laughs> I want. I want to give them a Heather's Choice shirt, but I. Yeah. I don't want to no, go yeah, say yeah, hi. Yeah, no.
2: Again, true. True story. She will like make a nice little gift bag with a shirt and. Um, probably now some like a handwritten some card some single use gloves or something <laughs> single hand and gloves and like, tissue paper and yeah it, and, like tie a little bow on it <laughs> and then she'll say can you go give this to you know and oh she is a total introvert uh-huh. like a, 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 so at good. first I never and never as soon as yet. as soon as you get her to start yapping it's yapping <laughs> it's absolute yapping so you guys oh my are not God. the first to be like caught off guard by that because she is a fantastic communicator yeah. exactly yeah. thank you that's a mm-hmm. that's the perfect
1: word and just like a like a lovely smiling happy yeah. face all the time and loud yeah
0: <laughs> but in, in the best that's just, way possible that's your just Sagittarius? The,
1: the mic speaking of which are we doing good, we're good there babe we're good. just yeah, as we're Mike good. and everybody up here good job babe uh Oh it's a team gosh. effort.
0: It always yeah. takes a team, doesn't it? It
1: does. Is, for sure. Do
0: you guys have that dynamic? Who's the shy one?
1: Oh, I'm totally extroverted.
0: Hey yeah,
1: <laughs> me. yeah. Hi. me hi me <laughs> we have
0: like like <laughs> introvert I, couch I'm, over here yeah
1: <laughs> we are not the fakers like i'm not the fake extrovert like truly introverted but learn yeah. to be an extrovert like she's just like a the part very where you came out of the bathroom
4: and kind of walked by us and we're like hi hi guys i, I just would have <laughs> never gone to the bathroom i would have just <laughs> left <laughs>
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> oh. i totally understand just hold it just run <laughs> i'm just gonna go
4: now i didn't even want coffee to begin with <laughs> no yeah i it's don't painful know why sometimes. it is so painful yeah. which is why the bha thing for me was like abe knows these people and i was gonna I meet people though. like i just or like, make it up it's more your crowd so i don't know it was good it was good for me to go i was happy to be there and bha is the kind of Hunting crowd that we wanted to always find. It's been really great. We've met a lot of good people and for yes. our kids. Like, our kids are super excited about it. And
1: well, it's just like a yeah. lot of really good, authentic folks. Yeah. And Who I think we're we,
4: adventurous hunters. Yes. And fishermen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it was fun to go as a couple because we have five kids at home. It's tough to get out of the house and get away for a oh, weekend.
4: Yeah. We were alone.
1: And um for the two mm-hmm. of us to be able to go do that and hang out together and meet folks and mm-hmm. meet other couples. And uh, like-minded folks who were really into, you know, outdoors and had a lot of them had families and just similar values. That was super fun. Great.
4: Mm -hmm.
0: It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. BHA is a good, I think they're doing that really well. They're creating community and they know that that's their sole focus is how do we rally the troops and get them excited and moving and actually taking action. So I'm really grateful that we're a part of it. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, us too. Plus Mm -hmm. at the rendezvous last year in Missoula, we took our, we had a seek outside teepee that we had just purchased with a wood stove and we're like, dude, we're not staying in a hotel. Well, this was me. I think Jess was like, uh, can we stay in a hotel? Mm -hmm. I was like, no way. We got this new teepee. We got to go try it out. So we drove out of Missoula up into the hills and then I was really nervous about leaving it out, like leaving it out there while we were at the show the whole time. So I hiked it up on the hill away from the road so nobody was going to find it and we pitched that sucker up there. And had a really nice time. It's a huge TV, and it, you know we we cut firewood and stuff like that. So at night we had a fire and rolled out our our cots and stuff like that. And then there was this damn bird that kept hollering all night. So for two nights in a row, I don't think we got any sleep.
4: Mm-hmm. It was bad. Jeez
3: Some- <laughs>
4: and then I was gonna go to this conference with Abe and be like. I was grumpy. I was so grumpy and tired. <laughs> I think I even was like, you can go to the conference. I'm going to go sleep in the truck.
0: <laughs> That's what I would do. I'd be would like, get- leave me here uh, to get my beauty sleep. Yeah. Yep. Something. Speaking of
4: anyway, my sanity sleep at that point.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we need to hang out with Kevin and Angie from Seek Outside. Like those people would drink us all under the table and it would be so freaking fun. They were fun. so
4: cute last year.
0: They are so yeah. cute. It was
4: fun. I think Who's they that? also have a bunch of kids, don't they? Wait, Kevin and is Angie this from the, Seek Outside? the people who stand in the booth of Seek
0: Outside? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're from like and they over cute puppies too. Yes. Oh
2: my gosh, they're so fun. Isn't it in Grand Junction now?
0: They might be in Grand Junction. I think
2: Seagull Side might be. I may be wrong, but I think it's Grand Junction, but I just yeah. finally
1: I just finally seam sealed our teepee. We have yeah. a 16-man teepee cuz we've got a lot of kids. And I was <laughs> but like, not 16. <laughs> not 16. Yeah. Room for 10 more." Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, those well, <laughs> But let me explain to you how those how these things are named. Puppies. It's puppies. like puppies if you can fine. cram that many bodies horizontal onto the floor, that's how it's named. So I'm oh. thinking like, okay, like, let's do cots and not be ridiculous.
4: And we can cook inside. And we can
1: cook inside. Yeah, so, so literally, really awesome. our family can sleep in half of the 16... We've done it before. In half mm-hmm. of the sixty man teepee with a wood stove in the middle and a folding table and coolers and piles of shit on the other side. It's like a cabin inside. It's literally almost oh. as big as...
0: Yeah, can we yeah, come on Almost a as big as this room. Yeah,
1: totally. It's seam-sealed now. Hoop. I had it set up on Kodiak last fall without it being seam sealed.
4: With a client.
1: And with a client on a guided hunt. (laughs) And I was kind of like, I wonder how this is going to go. And um, sometimes we get beautiful weather on Kodiak and this was not one of those times. (laughs) Sometimes.
0: Sometimes. Sometimes, But not most
3: times.
1: (laughs) (laughs) After the third night of getting dripped on inside the tent, which was fine because it was like 85 degrees in there (laughs) because I was stoking that fire all night long. We finally like rolled it up, and yeah, I tailed it out of there, and that's funny, super fun though it's seam sealed now, seam sealed mm.
0: shit,
1: okay, oh, I did have a question for you about peanut butter, though
4: back another to the one? peanut
1: butter, no, I just want you to tell me like that it's okay to eat it because it is my absolute favorite food in the back country, and I literally take a jar, like a plastic jar of peanut butter, you know, I don't know. A pint size? Yeah. What's a, How many ounces is a pint? 16 ounces. Yeah. A pint size jar for about every three to four days of hunting. And yep. I eat it with a spoon. That's the And you're telling your me that's you're bad. You're answering
0: your own questions.
1: You're telling me that's bad? I can't. No,
0: there are plenty of other things we can do before we take away your peanut butter.
1: Okay. Because
0: <laughs> the other thing we'll is I like eat collagen. it with
1: chocolate.
0: <laughs> yeah. We'll get you some collagen. We'll get you some bone broth. Okay. We'll like We'll do plenty of other things before. We, we'll, peanut butter... Taking that away will be the last resort in your uh, journey to healthy knees.
1: Oh my gosh, okay.
0: Thanks, Heather. (laughs) Thanks so much.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, but I got there by eating Mountain House on these hunts and like just feeling like I would get back from a hunt and I would be craving mayonnaise, french fries, peanut butter, sardines, like anything super fatty. Yep. And so finally I was just like, fuck it. I'm taking the peanut butter and the sardines with me in my pack. I don't care if it's heavy or not. Like I'll come back after I would come back after a five day or seven day hunt on eating mountain house and granola bars. And just my body is just like, you know, ravenous for anything with fat in it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that would be the first thing is looking at something like a mountain house and seeing how much gluten and soy and dairy are in each one of those meals and how that can be contributing to inflammation So if you took out some of those really just agitating ingredients right away, you might see an improvement. Like we heard that from our buddies, John and Casey from 60th Parallel, who were saying, yeah, you know, I'd go on 10 day hunts and have a lot of joint pain. But as soon as I cleaned up my nutrition, a lot of that joint pain went away.
4: And you, you've gone from eating mountain houses a while ago, but Mm. you still have sore knees.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I got some inflammation or whatever. There's, Yeah, I don't That's know. Me. I don't know. I, I
0: think we all We don't do. have to
1: solve um, this problem here. Yeah. I'm just really reluctant to give up my jar of peanut butter. No,
0: you don't have to. There's okay, plenty cool. of other things we can do. And inflammation <laughs> awesome. is like, I think that is something that we all deal with. And we all have to be proactive about. So no matter who you are, no matter how, how healthy you eat, if you train hard or if you have like any amount of stress, you're dealing with inflammation. And inflammation is gonna be the root of every single disease that we encounter in our lifetime. So you are not the only one who's dealing with it.
1: That makes me feel a lot better. Oh good. <laughs> <laughs> I need another beer. Does anyone else yep. need another drink? I need a glass of wine. Wine?
0: Please. Oh yeah,
2: I'll
1: do a beer. Beer. Okay, I'm gonna get the beer. Let me ask a quick question. Nah, I'm not going to ask a question, that's lame.
4: I'll grab the beer. Do you want it to stop or keep going?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, you can pause it
4: for a second. Just push the record button or the pause button?
0: This one, is it it? Are you good? Uh, it's, it's great.
4: What did I just do? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I pushed no, the pause no, no, button. No, no, no. Look, it's no, no, play no. pause. All you do is-
2: good boy.
4: Good I just got boy. really nervous. Like, Pops. What if I... Didn't push the buttons right. I don't want to be in charge of this. You (laughs)
1: can slide it over here. Do you want me to be in charge? Okay. Here. I didn't think you were going to be doing anything, so. I can be in charge. Okay. Let
0: me get my drink out of there. She's like, you can take this, but don't take my drink. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Totally. It's like the brain of the (laughs) board. Man, this is
0: actually really fun, though, to have people in our living room. It's rare that our living room actually has more than just us (laughs) in it. This (laughs) This is really fun.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Yes, absolutely. Right, cool.
2: Hi, Brad. Hi. <laughs> I feel much better. I was, was starting it? to squirm.
0: Oh, you needed to
4: I had to whizzle. I
2: Had to go to the to the <laughs> restroom. Oh, we have boys three That's more. When you do the, I
0: remembered.
4: Oh yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> I was trying to think of like I how I could. I that I gave. I, oh. <laughs> I, I was I was trying to think of how I could. Cause Abe was saying that you gotta, like, just say it. Yeah. But like. Can, do you really just say, yeah. I, got I gotta piss.
0: <laughs> He's
4: over think, there like, I really need to eat peanut butter. And
2: I, like, well, I need to pee.
1: I mean, it sounds like a silly thing, butter. but yeah. I love, I fucking love peanut butter <laughs> and I don't want it to be taken away. But at the same time, I'm more fearful for my knees going bad than my peanut butter. Just stop so, being fearful. I know.
0: Believe. There
2: you go. Yeah.
0: Dun, dun, I dun. hear it, it, mm-hmm. you're
2: not alone in, in this. I get that often
0: and maybe and like i will be the if i'm wrong if i it's just crazy talk i'll be the i'll be fine with that i just think that it's worth exploring absolutely oh, I, totally. I
2: i completely believe that there is truth behind that you mm-hmm. know if you believe something then yeah. it's gonna come into fruition mm-hmm. that's for sure the i i think where it uh, it might be potentially get a little bit fuzzy is if you're questioning something if you don't actually believe it but you're like gosh what is wrong with me and finding what could be wrong and maybe mm-hmm. it is that you're believing something and you just don't actually realize it you know it's in your subconscious like you said jess um but uh I, it's absolutely valid like i mm-hmm. i in no way would i say that that's invalid and like yeah
0: yeah so, it's worth exploring
2: absolutely
1: there's like a billion things to talk about. It's already pick one. I know it's after ten. It's getting late. <laughs> yeah, but there's a whole uh, case of beer out there though. So I just wanted
0: spin the wheel again.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> hey, did you? Okay, Back so to the okay. Outline. Let's talk about this really quick. All right. I asked you through text message, which is not always the best <laughs> means of communication, earlier this week, if we could taste. Wait for it. <laughs> One of everything of all of Heather's Choice products. And you're kind of like, eh, how about like a couple, like a a few things. And that's cool. Did you guys happen to, do you have a few things to taste test? Because I kind of don't think that that's the right thing to do right now.
0: I don't think so. Just be, my biggest hang up with that is just how flavorful and dense Our stuff is that unless we like chop it up into little itty bitty pieces and you get like one teensy weensy bit of a pack rune and then like cleanse your palate and try the next one, I just don't know how satisfying it would be because everything that we make is very, I would say bold or it's very calorically dense. So especially like after a full meal and you're not hungry, like how good are things going to taste when you're not actually hungry? So, that was my I'm biggest sure. uh, hang-up with that is that we wanted to treat you guys to a bomb-ass meal. And you well, did.
1: <laughs> Prime rib and baby taters. And yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, yeah. I,
2: I think in the, in the grand scheme of things, like, uh, at this point, a lot of the meals, the dinners, I should say, they almost all contain yams, right? So, then it's like, if you're going to taste them all in a row... You're going to taste yams in almost everything. Mm. And there's some things that, you know, there's some spices that are consistent throughout all the meals. So it, it, it might, like tasting them in succession. a tasting setting, yeah, a, a succession like that might be just overkill, I guess.
1: I think that you guys are just a little too close to your product. I think you might be right.
2: Amen. I think you're absolutely Amen. right. And, um, yeah.
1: It's like you live with it every day and yeah. you just don't think it's that cool.
2: I think you' I think you're spot on, man. like I, I, and I'm so freaking excited for this USDA inspection to be done so that we can release some new meals mm. that are new to us as well because yeah. I think that's yes. going to renew some some excitement because uh, I think that we hear the same comments over and over again, whether they're good or, or you know or negative um, uh, regarding our meals and it's and we are just a bit numb to both sides of it sure like oh this is so great or like oh i would rather have mountain house you know blah 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 but um i think that you're spot on that it's we are just as equally as ready for a change as as you might be so
0: yeah, that's my biggest objective for this year is to introduce some new products because even the new pack room flavors we introduced this year are now some of my favorites mm-hmm. just because they're new and it's different. And like I still will always go back to the salmon chowder. like if we were going on a trip yeah. tomorrow, I would take the salmon chowder and I want to keep that meal forever. But for the most part, the rest of them kind of ready for something different, I'm ready for some change. So for me, it's like ugh, palate fatigue. But for somebody who's brand new to the product, it maybe wouldn't be.
2: Yeah. So that's a good point, though.
1: I've had I've tasted a few things. I haven't tasted the whole lineup and I'm kind of a total food nerd or like. Yeah. So here's what I would love to do is sometime in the future and maybe it won't be until like this summer or something like that i know summer can get busy we're for guys. gonna go
0: to the 16 person teepee <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> and no, we're gonna yeah. have a taste test yep.
1: yeah but like we could even maybe film it or something too yeah and just nerd out on everything and like okay but let me back up really quick what are you guys cool talking about what you have coming up or what ideas you yeah. have for new flavors and stuff like that I'd, like what do you got yeah what's coming for
0: sure So, right now, we moved into our new kitchen space in December, and we're working through all of the certifications. So, that's the health department, it's the FDA, it's the USDA, it's gluten-free, it's like every hoop, it is set up in a row, and we're just jumping through them. But as soon as we get this USDA certification in particular, we want to release chicken mole, Mm. which Brad and I have been doing some serious taste testing on.
1: With cocoa powder, like, in it? like the chocolate in it chocolate yeah. Yeah. almonds
0: raisins it is so freaking good we've actually taken nice. that one on a couple trips uh we would did that for your birthday this year we went to a cabin and took chicken mole and it was awesome we really want to do a shepherd's pie we had that before but we made it with elk and came to find out that even pasture raised grass-fed elk wasn't a sustainable source of protein so we ended up letting that meal go but we want to bring it back with grass fed beef from here in Alaska.
1: You gonna do a sickenac? What's uh, that? Beef? Syconac beef? That's that's an
2: option. We're we're still oh. determining those okay. the sickenac is is one. Um there are some up in the Matanuska Valley or even further north that oh, we
1: cool! potentially might. Yeah. yeah. We have friends who do have done like a half of beef from Sikenaq right. every year and like we, they've shared it with it, some meals with us. It's awesome. Yeah. Good. Like the quality yeah. of them is right. really good. Right. Yeah, and it's just on some some wild animals on an island almost is kind of what it's like and then they go round them up and butcher them. It's yeah. crazy.
0: That is awesome. So psyched to hear that. So, yeah, we want to find some good quality Alaskan grass-fed beef. Uh, I really want to do African peanut stew just as like a really awesome, hearty, vegetarian meal option. And then a French lentil soup because, holy cow, I ate a lot of lentil soup in college. That was like my go-to meal. And I think that would be another really good, hearty one for us to release. Vegetarian. Mm -hmm.
1: What about ribs? Have you guys thought about that one
0: you mean ribeye <laughs> <laughs> or and or yep
2: yep if you can figure out a way to to dehydrate and 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 reduce the weight of bones as well it would take a
1: curved <laughs> foil bag
2: <laughs> it's yeah, gotta, <laughs> gotta conform
1: to the shape of the rack of ribs i think i
2: saw i've seen them in the deli section actually it's already there just, <laughs> really yeah well i mean not dehydrated but it's they, they've got to figure it out
1: well i was thinking deer ribs they're smaller oh, and yeah, more yeah, compact yeah, yeah. Oh, the bones God. are thinner especially
2: blacktail <laughs> right <laughs> Right. <laughs> kodiak island black Yep. <laughs> okay. exactly um what else there was also at at one point we were talking about something this is an exciting name it's called white lightning chicken chili Mm
0: mm-hmm
1: it's got booze in it no
0: (laughs) no it's just a white bean chicken chili yeah it's really good white
2: beans Yep.
0: yeah so i think as soon as we get this usda grant of inspection it's just gonna fling open a lot of doors and we'll be able to say Okay, like let's release this meal and try it on for size and see how people like it. But I think for the last three years we've been so limited since we haven't had the ability to go into our own kitchen and whip up a meal and produce a short run and see how it's received. And I think that that's gonna be pretty exciting for us in the next year, assuming that we can get the government to show up and actually give us our <laughs> grant inspection. Yeah,
2: so that's that's the one thing that I don't know if we've we've spoken with this. Or spoken about this before, but um, the the USDA isn't as far as what we're the branch that we're working with isn't really present within Alaska, um, and so our nearest USDA inspector is in Idaho, and so for us to be going through this, it's a lot of like just convincing them that it's even worthwhile. Um, and so you know, we've got, um, a foods, food safety consultant that we've been working with since Heather started the company and he's, he does a really great job. And basically every day he's prodding them, sending them a message, giving them a phone call saying, Hey, 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 like we're waiting on you guys. We are waiting. Like we are ready. Send us something and we'll send it right back. We're dotting our eyes. We're crossing our T's. Uh, and so as soon as they, like Heather often says, uh, if they say jump, you we say how high. Mm-hmm. And we do it. Um, but it's, it's at their pace. So uh, until they decide, okay, like you guys are good to go. We're just waiting patiently.
0: Which, Abe, I have a question for you. <laughs> because sure. it's all well and good for us to sit back and say like, oh, yeah, well, like I'd love to have this meal on the trail. I'd love to have this. I'd love to have that but as somebody who spends how many days in the field?
1: I, <laughs> good question. Um, a lot, but recently, <laughs> recently, like, I mean, in all honesty, like I took a few years off and worked a corporate job and, you know, worked in it at a desk for, you know, while the the kids were really young. So I'm just jumping back into it. So, but I mean, I'm in the field six, seven months out of the year. Not all, not all of it is backpack hunting you know sure. but uh yeah eating a lot of mountain house and bagels and that kind of crap so my yeah. my
0: question would be as somebody who spends you know over potentially a hundred nights camped out what could we do as a food company like what would be the ideal if you could wave your magic wand and say yeah this is perfect this is exactly what i wanted what would it be
1: like lightweight peanut butter
0: <laughs> it's called powdered peanut butter it already exists. <laughs> but that doesn't yeah that
1: doesn't have the oil in it is the oil what's heavy the peanut oil
0: Man, Aren't I it? don't think the oh, peanut butter all I think it's the quantity. God. It's the pint at a time. It's the pint every three days. <laughs> I'm the one that has to buy it at Costco, <laughs> and it's embarrassing.
1: Actually, I've slipped <laughs> a At least you lot. don't have to
0: go to Costco and buy and a truckload maple of maple syrup every time. <laughs> I just came home
4: from packing packaroons or labeling the bags the other day, and they were like, Do you know how
0: many bottles of maple syrup Heather's Choice has? <laughs> 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 has? You know what's going to be so satisfying for Brad and I is when we get to buy our first. 55 gallon drum of maple, <laughs> maple syrup, syrup with a tap.
1: Our kids aren't going to be allowed to come over and volunteer anymore. They're going to be sucking off that yeah, tap. They're going to be
0: standing beneath the spigot. They're going to be yeah. like,
1: I've got toast in my pockets and I know what to do with
0: it. <laughs> put the we'll a French toast party yeah, exactly. at the Heather's Choice Kitchen. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Uh, no. You didn't I, answer
0: her question. I didn't answer
1: your question. <laughs> Honestly, I think that. <laughs>
0: Hand a, signals.
1: Yeah, Jessica's waving frantically in the corner. I don't know. Somebody give this girl another
0: drink. She's too on top of it.
1: I never stay on top. This is
3: painful.
1: I think that that is like, I think that's one of the toughest questions, you know, just in general about backpack hunting is, like, you've got a base pack weight, and then it has, you know. That is completely free of consumables, so it's like all of your, you know, your static weight type items, gear, and whatever. That's never going to change, right? And then you start throwing in things like fuel, you know, liquids, water, whatever, and then your consumable foods and stuff like that, right? And so, like when I think of going into the backcountry, I'm I'm thinking a lot about weight because I found over the years one. I'm not in my 20s anymore, even though I like to think I can do what I did in my 20s. Um, But I found that like, I can just go, it's just so much more fun. I can go so much farther, so much and be so much freer and enjoy the experience more fully when my pack is lighter. Right? And so, I mean, it's not rocket science. I'm only laughing
0: because I think Brad packs heavier than anybody I've ever met in my (laughs) life.
2: I'll bring the kitchen sink for sure. (laughs) There's a lot of fun in that. Yeah. But like, you just Brad don't is go very far as what I found. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll bring my I'll bring my pillow. <laughs>
3: That's awesome. I mean,
2: there is a lot of things I'll leave out as long as I can have my pillow and my food and at least 3 different sets of thermals.
0: <laughs> Brad is very cute in his pajama thermals. Nice. <laughs> All three at once.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the, the the latitude that I'm at, that's yeah. that's absolutely absolutely certain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots no of socks. Mean, yeah, it's it's for I think for us on a on a food provider standpoint, like it's super important for us to be willing to listen and to be willing to because up until or. The the meals that we currently have have been mostly to our taste. Yes. like, yes, we like this. We would eat It is spicy. It is spicy. It is meaty. (laughs) And it is meaty. Um, But over the last three and a half years, we've gotten a lot of comments like, hey, I love what you're doing. I love um, your message. I love the nutrition behind what you're providing, but I can't eat spicy food you know and so like legitimately like what heather just asked you uh the the feedback that we can get that is the most genuine um we can receive from customers is like gold to us because it's like oh well okay i guess not everybody has (laughs) likes uh Chipotle. Chipotle. <laughs>
0: yeah. Chipotle peppers. <laughs> Molay, you know, so exact, jalapeno. Yeah, any, anything spicy.
1: So, Dude, um, do if, you have anything sriracha flavored?
2: Right.
0: Well, we would. I mean, we would. Everything <laughs> would be sriracha <laughs> flavored and Cholula yeah. and Tabasco. Oh, <laughs> so,
1: yeah, No, right. you're talking to the wrong guy then. For me, a lot of it is like if there, if it's adequate quality, like I'm not the guy that packs top ramen. Sure. Sorry, I can't do it. I know a lot of guys who do. Yep. I'm all really on the fence with Mountain House. I always have some in the bottom of my pack, just as like a last resort kind of a thing. Um, And then a lot of it comes down to like, is it decent quality and decent price? And does it taste decent?
4: Well, and you started making your own. And I started making my several own. Several
1: years ago, yeah. A couple years ago, yeah. Which is super fun. We
2: freaking yeah. advocate yeah. for that, like, until we're blue in the face. Like... Yeah, we've got a product that we like to sell, but at the same time, like it's not rocket science what we're doing. It's been it's something that's been done for millennia, um, and it's hot air and well, it's hot air, right? <laughs> and, left- and leftover dinner and leftover yes. dinner exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you you yeah. dry you dry your food, and it condenses down, and you pour water into it. And it reheats, right?
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... I think you guys need a mac and cheese. Like as bland as could be with like some good sweetener in it. Maybe some ketchup flavor. Mm. What are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, when I grew up, my mom... At least once... <laughs> no. That's what I'm talking about. At least once a week, she made... She boiled hot dogs in a pot of water and then like sliced them, like cut them up into chunks and put them in mac and craft mac and cheese and stir that together and i would put it in a plate and i'd pour um what ketchup. do you call it what do you call it ketchup, stuff? ketchup over the top <laughs> thanks i had a complete and total mental yeah. breakdown <laughs> <laughs> ketchup and i'd stir it in until it was like orange mm-hmm. and then i would just eat it and it was just like the best comfort food ever Sure. Yeah,
4: but the nutritional value was yeah. shit.
1: Well, you if you've got people asking for a blander choice, I don't think they're primarily looking Maybe for like high nutritional value. <laughs> <laughs> Caribou hot dog. Maybe we were gonna listen. start. Okay. Caribou choice. hot dog. No, 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 <laughs> <talking> <laughs> Keep going. Abe's choice. Goat, <laughs> cheese, goat cheese. Goat cheese cheddar. Mac and that's cheese great. and ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> Organic ketchup. <laughs> <Is> it- Caribou <laughs> hot dogs in a meal. Yeah. Which Done. I'm
0: pretty Boom. sure Brad has described that meal Sriracha. to a tea that his mom made. Yeah, really,
2: without all the healthy like. No, I didn't. No, no, I not like have the craft that. and the hot
0: dogs. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, and
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we're brothers from another. Yeah, mother. another mother. Yeah, there's a lot of, <laughs> lot of love.
0: You guys can sit around and have mac and cheese and hot boiled yeah. hot dogs and peanut butter and chocolate chips yeah. and just be two peas in a pod. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that. No, I I mean, I I haven't
1: eaten that meal in a long time.
0: No, no, no. but But I will say, I think that that's clearly on the radar is like, gosh, how do we provide some meals that just feels like a little bit more home cooking and isn't quite as exotic? And even for us, like we make stew all the time in the crock pot at home. And it's just freaking onions and tomatoes and celery and stew meat and broth it's like, gosh, this would be great in a bag. <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so
0: right. I, I'm looking forward to having the flexibility to create some different recipes that are a little more approachable, but still super duper good. Yep.
1: You know what? I was really surprised by your lavender packeruns. They're lavender, right? Is yep. that my, Am I getting that right? Lemon lavender. Lemon lavender yeah so I tried one the other day and I was just like lavender that's kind of one of those foo foo kind of a stringent kind of medicinal type yeah mm-hmm. smells I was thinking of it as like an aroma and uh, and then I ate it and I was like, oh wow that's hmm, that's
2: really good. it's pretty nice, right
1: yeah. yeah, it's totally different How'd you guys come up with that one? It's all her
0: yep I just like lavender everything so back to my hippy dippy parents, they would always give me lavender. A night before bed to for just because it's calming. And to this day, I think for the last like twenty years of my life I've put on lavender essential oils before bed. And I think lemon lemon and lavender is a perfect combination. So that is all just uh being a hippie.
1: So is that the the pack <laughs> rooms you're supposed to eat as dessert before bed? Is that is they, that what you do? They
0: are calming. They're calming. They, yeah. they have a calming effect
1: i always think of it in terms of soap like when i smelled them i was like almost like oh lavender soap
0: (laughs) i was like holding everything in my body was holding back from saying did you think it tasted like soap (laughs) (laughs) because if you tell me it tasted like soap you're out of (laughs) here
1: it was just like soap but way better yep tasted better (laughs) yeah
0: so So freaking funny
1: i think you should trade you
0: haven't tasted shit
1: coffee chocolate (laughs) shit peccaroons is how you
0: say when people tell us those days are like shit it's like well when was the last time you ate shit (laughs) (laughs) i eat
1: shit like you for breakfast every (laughs) day
0: (laughs) if you're happy (laughs) gilmore (laughs) you eat shit for breakfast (laughs) that's our new response to people who email and say this days are like shit you eat pieces of shit for breakfast. Yep. <laughs> How, wait a
1: second. How many times a week do you guys get emails about people saying your food tastes like shit?
0: I don't think it's weekly.
1: It's not
2: weekly. Monthly? It's not even monthly. There's there's uh, there's very few, very few negative.
0: Very few outspoken get. people. You would have laughed at the I was at the Western Hunting Expo and some older gentleman walked up to the table and like, we'd had a great weekend, like we were selling a bunch of stuff. And this guy walks up, and he's like, oh, yeah, I've had this stuff before. Man, it tasted like shit. And, like, I legitimately was, like, almost in tears and, like, okay, thanks. And, like, he was old enough to be my dad. And I wanted to be like, listen, you motherfucker. Like, <laughs> he probably- I poured my life and soul into this business. Like, you don't understand.
1: He probably yeah. talks like that to his grandkids.
0: Gosh, yeah. I was so upset. And thankfully, I had other people at the booth who were like, you're going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs>
2: it, it's hard, you know. Cause customer service in any any industry is hard. But everybody knows that, especially when it comes to food, you know, even at a restaurant, the server's take you know get a lot of the flack uh if totally you know if something's undercooked or if it's over salted i mean cold. everybody has part it's cold
1: uh do you ever get complaints about your food being cold <laughs> uh,
0: yes if you were a mountaineer and you're at eighteen thousand yeah, yeah, feet yeah, yeah. after 20 El- minutes you does
2: just, de- just reply
1: learn to boil <laughs> water <laughs> yeah
2: it's uh it's it's interesting but at, the, at I don't know. At, at the same time, it it for us it comes down to, we it's customer service, right? Like yeah. you've got to listen, and and the majority of the feedback is positive, and not not always like positive and like oh you're so great, but it's positive in that like, again people support what we're doing, and they're like hey I had this experience and it wasn't that great, and for us it's like okay that's like that's serious because they're they're being open with us and now we need to listen and say and 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 figure out you know did we do something wrong was there a bad ingredient did you know like what happened that made this experience not so great
1: yeah can you be more constructive with your criticism exactly exactly yeah like can you just give me something useful not just like try to tear me down
2: and and so i most of the time because because it's heather's choice you know like she takes everything very very seriously i
0: take everything very personal personal <laughs> right you know, like, and Your like she said like
2: it, it, it almost brings her to tears and so most of the customer service i handle um because i'm a little bit removed um because my name's not on the bag so that helps uh but uh, you're like
0: i'm not the idiot who chose to put lemon and lavender yeah. in the
1: yeah <laughs> Uh, Our kids loved it. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> and, and, most, and most do. But, you know, most and kids do. Mo- uh, mo- uh,
2: mo- yeah, um, but there are those times when, legitimately, like something could have happened. You know, it could be, exp- you know, expired product, or it could be whatever it is. Like we want to know what the experience was, so we can get to the bottom of it, and we can make sure it never happens again. And unless people are, like, reporting back to us and telling us their experience, we don't know what's going on out yeah, there. What if we right. burnt some food and it went out and nobody ever said anything, but they just never ordered again. Right. That sucks, right. right? Like, having that fear. Uh, and so, we want that feedback, even if it is bringing us to tears. Uh, that's the stuff that we need to continue making our stuff better.
1: So. so what was the first moment, Heather, that you imagine starting this company? Heather's choice. Like the first like initial like epiphany type idea. Epiph is Epiphanola word?
0: Who? The epiphanol moment it is now. <laughs> it is now. It's funny that you asked that because I actually have this printed out at our office on like one of my work vision boards cuz there's multiple of them uh, when I was preparing for my first Grand Canyon trip I was 22 so it was 2000 2010 and I was gonna leave for this trip in December and I knew, like, I couldn't eat Velveeta, mac and cheese, and canned turkey. Like, it wasn't a matter of, like, I don't want to eat that. It's like, I can't eat that. Like, it just, it's going to make me sick. And so after looking at the menu for this 30-day rafting trip, I kind of panicked. I was like, I really want to go on this trip. This is going to be the trip of a lifetime. However, like, I can't eat the food that's being provided. What am I going to do? And so that's when I started dehydrating my own food and got super geeked on it really fast because it was super fun like making fruit leathers and i bought a bunch of purple potatoes and made instant purple mashed potatoes Mm -hmm. and like fed them to my dad and i'm like these are good right and he's like yeah but they're purple (laughs) (laughs) that's an
4: alaska thing right
0: yeah exactly but then I had just gotten so excited about it that I actually created this menu in Word and it says Heather's Choice Meals for Adventuring. And then there was smoked sockeye salmon chowder as like one of my first meals. There was split piece soup. There was a shredded beef hash. There was applesauce fruit leathers. And like I could show you this one piece of paper and you'd be like, no shit, this was in 2010 that you created this, and you're, like, still trying to bring this to fruition in 2018. And at that point, it was just kind of, like, a fun little fantasy of, like, oh, it would be so cool to have a dehydrated food business. But then four years later, after I had moved back to Alaska and was actually handing out samples and spending all of my weekends dehydrating food for friends – my buddy Jason, who I'd rafted that first Grand Canyon trip with, said, well, what do you need to actually turn this into a business? And I was like, well, you know, I need a commercial dehydrator and whatever else. Like, I didn't really know. And so we scampered down to Cabela's, and he's like, well, this is a commercial dehydrator. It's 900 bucks. It
2: says commercial on the box.
0: Yeah, and we came to find <laughs> out like that there's... Just like a meat
1: grinder, huh? <laughs> yeah,
0: nothing commercial about this thing. But I bought it, and... No, got a business license and EIN number and blah, blah, blah. And started a website and it's been a ride ever since. But I do think that that first Grand Canyon trip where it suddenly became this like fun little obsession is when the fantasy really started. Like how fun would it be to provide high quality, healthy food for people? Which on that trip, there was a woman who had autoimmune conditions and had a ton of food allergies and was, like, so grateful that I was willing to share some of my, like, chicken soup that I had made with her.
1: Did she have uh, any inflammation in her knees by chance?
0: <laughs> she probably did. Probably did. <laughs> yeah, okay.
1: right. Was she a peanut butter eater? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs>
0: So, yeah, I think that that was definitely the first. So, now... Like I say we're we're 8 years in the making and still bringing it to fruition.
1: When did you decide to start marketing to hunters?
0: <laughs> I did not decide that.
1: Yeah. Wait, what? They decided it for us.
0: Yes. So when I started the business in August of 2014, my stepdad had a buddy of his who was going on a goat hunt. I think he was doing a variety of different hunts, but he ordered forty dinners, forty breakfasts, and forty snacks. And at the time, I was making everything myself.
1: Holy
2: shit! That's and I a lot. was like,
0: "Who the hell is One this guy?" One
2: crockpot at a time.
0: <laughs> One crockpot at a time, <laughs> as Brad so fondly remembers. <laughs> uh, How much time
1: did that take you?
0: It had to have taken me two weeks. Wow. And so I boxed all this stuff up in a great big box and it was like a drug deal. Like I met him at the rock gym (laughs) with like two big boxes of food and was like, here you go. Thanks. And he handed me like 300 bucks cash or something. Like I distinctly remember getting cash from this guy and being like, dude, I am rich. Like this is (laughs) awesome. And then he sent photos from his hunting trip. And like, at that point in time, I had no idea about hunting or hunters or like it being a market or anything. And shortly thereafter, I think somebody published something on the rocks, sl- a rock slide forum. And it just kind of percolated from there. So at no point in time was I like, Oh, Oh, these hunters yes let's market to them (laughs) they adopted us and then it was like holy cow these people love us Mm
2: -hmm. yeah i think i think that's a good word oops uh is adopted because uh we we made an intention to make a food that is versatile across all activities um but but far and wide the hunting community is the one that has capitalized on it the most. They have have found the most benefit uh, out of our products, and that's uh, I think uh, there there's a number of reasons, but um, the the big one I think is f- they really really are concerned about weight and performing at their best with the least amount of. With with the the minimal amenities, I guess you could say, um, and just I would I don't know I guess I would potentially go out on a limb and say that the value that they place on performance is higher than so far the other um, communities that we have pursued. Yep. So
1: let me ask you this. Can you rehydrate your, like, entree meals with just cold water? You can. How long does that take?
0: Brad actually just tested this. Oh, really? So he is actually an expert.
2: I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I will say that actually, uh, while your your kids were hanging out with me the other day, mm-hmm. oh cool, yeah, um, because
0: yeah, we now have gotten into Heather's Choice Daycare. <laughs> 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 we're quite fond of this new program that we've yeah. in. At, at, at least
2: for the <laughs> Henderson <laughs> kids, yeah. If you, we were teaching life if anybody <laughs> listening to this ever ever gets to to meet Abe and Jess, they have the sweetest, most kids incredible on the planet. children. planet. Uh-huh. I've met, guys. and I've mm-hmm. I've met some incredible children. Oh thanks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Brad has some really Brad's sweet an nieces and nephews who would be very envious I do. I do. of the stickering cool. job.
2: And I will say that these yeah. these children are fantastic. Well, thanks. Um, and so while they were hanging out with me, I received a message from someone who was gonna go do a big wall climb in Yosemite. And she was asking, Hey, I'm not gonna bring a stove along. I have some of your meals that I bought. Can I just put cold water in there? So, it's, it's a, a yes and a no. So, you can absolutely do that. Um, however, uh, the breakfast, you're fine. Boom. Put it in there. Let them rehydrate for, you know, an, an hour maybe. Maybe even less with, the, with those. And you're good to go. The dinners are going to take about three and a half hours with cold water to rehydrate. So, if you put them in your water bottle, add, add water, shake it up. You're going to need to shake it a few times but the catch is you need to eat it within four hours because after four hours there's a real big risk of getting sick from meat sitting at room temperature so the meat is the big catch there um the vegetarian meals might be different we haven't tested those but uh it is possible there's just kind of a, a bit of a time constraint um but i i so again while you're while your guys were there i had some I had a a whatever you call it plastic little dish sitting Tupperware. there. Tupperware. Well, I'm trying not to like <laughs> use brand names because I feel like I'm a plastic. i gonna tub. get sued or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you uh, didn't use
0: a Ziploc, did you? <laughs> oh, Gosh dang. Jeez, Heather. Somebody
2: give me a Kleenex. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, it's out there for, I, I let it sit for about three hours and 45 minutes. It was a Chipotle cherry chili. Nice. And it was freaking fantastic. Yeah. Like there were a couple little crunchy bits, but nothing crazy.
1: I, you know, I don't, I don't care if it's a little crunchy. Like I, okay. So a few years ago, early season hunts or scouting trips, I started just rolling like sand stove and just throwing cold water in my mountain house and... Whatever. So what I found was with the dehydrated stuff from that I was making at home, it was a lit. It didn't quite work as well as the freeze dried stuff. So I was really curious if you can if you can do this. So three hours is a long time. You got to think ahead, but it's not unreasonable, right? Especially like if you've got a pouch on the outside of your pack, you can pop it open, throw some water in while you're glassing in the afternoon or hiking shake it up real good, put it in the pouch on the outside in case it accidentally explodes or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, maybe shake it a couple <laughs> of times, but by dinner time, it's ready to roll and you don't have to fire up the stove or eat or even take a stove, if you know, especially if you're doing like a quick bonsai trip or something like that. Early season, July, August, September, something like that. Yeah, that's a cool option.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely realistic. Um, it's it, it, You just got to be careful with when you're
1: eating meat, you know. Wait, yeah. tell us
0: what you've been making with your own homemade stuff. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so I haven't done anything in the last year because for anybody that knows what we've been up to, which probably not very many people have. Yeah. <laughs> really, I got. <laughs> I was working a corporate job this time last year. In May, I got laid off. Um, this was in Washington State. It was like the greatest gift of my life. Spent all summer working on our house, getting it ready to uh, like remodeling, getting it ready to rent out. And then we bought um, like a 27-foot RV trailer and packed up all the kids and drove to Alaska and moved up here kind of permanently, basically, right?
0: How long did you guys take to do the drive? Um,
1: Well, we had the trailer, which was a really cool thing because in the past when we've come up to visit and we've driven, we've either stayed in hotels or we've like, you know, tried to save money and just drive straight through, which is... Pain in the ass because it's I've a long drive. A couple
0: times and it sucks. That's yeah, like
1: fifty-five <laughs> hours or whatever. So what did we? Five days, six days. Yeah. It was brilliant. I've always kind of poo-pooed on trailers, like like trailer campers or like RV campers. Like this is ridiculous. Like I'm a man and I have a tent. You know, <laughs> like,
0: I'm a man. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. need a shower.
1: I don't, right? I don't need a <laughs> shower. I don't need shit. I just like yeah. I don't even need a tent. You know, well unless it's raining. But um, but it was brilliant with kids. So we got we got the kids in the excursion. We're driving, and we would we would sleep in in the morning, get up whenever, and then we would uh, make breakfast, make a hot breakfast coffee. on this yeah coffee with the propane. You know, like you got a stove, you got a little kitchen there, make coffee and a hot breakfast. Yeah, and then we would throw everybody in around ten o'clock in the morning or something. And start driving. We'd stop for lunch. We would drive. We'd stop and make dinner. And then we keep driving. we drive. I'd usually drive till like 11 o'clock, 10, 11, 12 at night, something like that. All the kids would pass out in the back seats. And then we'd stop and I'd just pull over on a wide spot in the road or a pullout or a parking lot. And I timed it. I I got to three minutes and I could jump out, chalk the tires, drop the jack stands. And I was like transporting kids to their beds. Like most of the time, nobody woke up. And it was so easy, and then we would just jump in bed and pass out, and just repeat. It was like the coolest, most fun, like most eye-opening experience ever. So that was super fun. I think we took about six days, didn't we? Five. Yeah. Six. Yeah. It was super fun drive. We drove up through Banff and Jasper, you know, and did the whole scenic, beautiful thing, and yeah. Such a fun drive.
0: Awesome.
1: Super cool. But that was in August. So Got up here, yeah. had like four or five days to land here. And then I took off and I started guiding. And Jessica just kept pulling the trailer around, basically around the Kenai Peninsula, you know, hitting RV parks and going to the river and they were fishing and camping and having fun with all the kids. And you did that for... Till until the
4: middle it, of October?
1: or even Yeah, middle of October or even November. Pretty close, almost. Yeah, yeah. Before we finally rented a place for the winter time, so for a couple months she was on her own, basically. Yeah.
0: So this year you need to come to the kitchen and come up with some recipes, and we'll throw them on the dehydrator and have some fun. Hell yeah! That way um, you're prepared for your 200 yeah. days. Curry, in
1: the Indian curry with elk oh, meat, I think, yeah. has been uh, like a lot of vegetables and elk meat. I think has been the most fun thing I've ever thrown on the dehydrator. Oh, so good. That mm-hmm. and spaghetti with just tons of meat and tons of vegetables those yep. two mm-hmm. have been the best for me
4: yeah and they were just always our leftover dinners like yeah. make twice as much next time you make this and, and I'll, I'll just dehydrate ladle it, it yeah right? yeah and we just Super had two fun. of the like I don't know stackable dehydrators
1: we bought them at thrift stores or yeah, yeah I mean. like for like 10 bucks or less
0: they're so great mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll work forever yeah they're backup yep <laughs> we have five. Of those stackable ones at the kitchen. Oh wow! Yeah, just in case.
1: Yeah, we would have leftover like kale or spinach, and I would throw it on there, and then I would just crumple it up into like almost a powder and put it in baggies, and then I would just kick that into whatever meal I was I had, just to have an extra little green, like extra greens or whatever, you know? Because that's one thing that I would feel like once I okay, so earlier on I was like super fat depleted. I felt like in the backcountry, so I was always craving fats. Once I figured that out and I started taking sardines and peanut butter and stuff like that and started upping my fats, I would get back from a trip and be like, oh, greens, like I need a green smoothie, I need spinach, I need kale, I need a salad, I need all this stuff, you know? And so I was like, okay, well, that's easy, you know? And so it's been interesting to have cravings when you come back from trips like that. Hmm. I Someday, I want to like be super happy eating food in the backcountry and come back Feeling no cravings at all. And I feel like I was getting closer to that when I was dehydrating meals. Yeah. You know, but How do
4: lentils, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, go ahead. How do lentils show up in like nutrition and diets and stuff like that? Is that good or?
0: Yeah, lentils do pretty well because they have a ton of fiber. And especially if you cook them properly, you can break down a lot of the phytates and the lectins in beans. And so then they're not as irritating to the gut. So something like soaking them the night before and then pressure cooking them and then dehydrating them, then you have this really awesome fiber and carbohydrate-rich rich food uh, that can be fantastic. Cuz
4: one snack that I thought I should tell you about and I don't know if this is. But we make we boil lentils and then we most often we do like coconut oil with salt and nutritional yeast in the Ooh. dehydrator yep. and then the kids just eat them like they're crunchy we call them lenny dudes we call them lenny dudes lenny <laughs> dude it's like a crunchy
1: but I think like that there's, nuts or something you put on like we sesame learned seeds that or
4: from somebody who knows that there's an actual product called Linny
1: i don't know that that could be trademark. Yeah trademark maybe. yeah I will say <laughs>
2: when we were we hanging out, out with your dudes. kids the other day they were like do
0: you eat nutritional yeast
2: <laughs> and i said yes
0: <laughs> yeah we put we put nutritional yeast yeah. on popcorn and oh, it's yes. so that's like the
4: snack that my kids get <laughs> i
2: love they, it they remind me actually i had an experience last year i was at an event by myself up um in palmer there's a, a recreation area called government peak And we were sponsoring a mountain run, mountain race. Mm -hmm. So I had a tent set up and I was waiting for everybody to get done with their race. And some of the first people that came up to this tent were these kids. You know, there was probably a, I don't know, maybe a nine-year-old, a 14-year-old, and uh, maybe somewhere in between there. Uh, t- they were all uh, there were two boys and a girl. I think they were all siblings, and they just start. They come up and they they grab these samples, and right before they put them in the mouth, they say, "What's it, what are in these?" And that was my first like, "Who the hell are you?" Like, what kid <laughs> yeah, asks what yeah, what's in, in this? You <laughs> know, and uh, and I was like, "Well, it's a it's a it's coconut, and there's coconut." Uh, so you've got coconut, you've got maple syrup, you've got uh, some almond flour, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they just annihilate them. <laughs> and they leave. And then they come back. And they start asking me more. And they're like, well... They look. They start looking at the package and they say, man, there's, there's, sh- there's a lot of sugar in these. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> Who are you? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and apparently they've already run this race and they've beaten all the adults down, you know. And they're looking at it and I'm like, well, yeah, there's maple syrup in there. So there's some sugar in there. And they're like, well, have you ever considered coconut sugar? You know, and <laughs> like, and they don't eat dairy. They don't eat um, uh, gluten or soy, you know, anything like that. And I'm like, you're nine years old. How do you even yeah. know what... Soy contains, you know, uh, and so anyway, they leave again, and then eventually these adults come down, and and I recognize the face of one of the children and, and the father. I'm like, do you do you have children? And they said, yeah, we have three kids. And I was like, yeah, I think they already came came by here, <laughs> and, and same, all our samples. Same thing. <laughs> they start looking at the package, and they go, oh, have you ever thought about coconut sugar, you know? And <laughs> and it was just so amazing to see how sharp these kids were um, to latch on to these values that their parents had passed on to them. And it is, I think, very, very uh, easy as a, and I'm not a parent, so I can't say, but I I feel just from that experience that it can be very easy to pass down some values to children that to, to actually like pay attention to what they're eating and and be responsible for you know and and to feel like it's okay to be like mm, you know what? i don't want to eat that mm-hmm. um even though it looks good or it might you know be good but <laughs> sorry our dog's snoring i can hear yeah, Jingle
1: like we
0: hmm. all just looked
1: over i think jingo
0: needs his own mic <laughs> he yeah. is he the coolest dog <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah I, I I just was so blown away with that just like one the confidence that those kids had you know one they just they they just completed this pretty serious race like government peak is nothing to shake a stick at and two their confidence that they had in like mm, well you know I, I like this but I have questions about it and I'm mm-hmm. going to look you in the eye and I'm going to ask you why you're not using coconut sugar as opposed to maple syrup. You know,
1: I don't trust anybody that doesn't like maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, amen to that brother. <laughs> amen. <laughs> yep.
1: Just kidding. I'm sure they're great kids. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, it was fantastic. Uh, I just, I just think it's again, referring to your, your children. I think it's incredibly encouraging to, to know that they're listening and they're paying mm-hmm. attention And they're coming up. They're Mm -hmm. they're right behind us, and so whatever we teach them is potentially
1: going to stick. Well, we're just going to keep sending them down to uh, Heather's Choice Manufacturing Facility (laughs) to keep (laughs) stickering those bags. Bring it on! Mm -hmm. As long as you need the help, we got some volunteers for you. We just need
0: to start feeding them some good food. Well, I mean, samples. You know the details.
1: We, you
3: know, Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) the compensation details. Mm -hmm. We'll (laughs) figure that out.
1: Yeah, one of the things we like. As a quick aside as parents, we have teenagers now. Or a teenager and a and a soon to be teenager. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's like <laughs> what?
0: Just listening to Jacob. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. I am listening to you and our talk. <laughs> yeah. is
1: Heather's so cracking horrible. up on telling a, a heartwarming story about my kids. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's what
4: I have to do to aid to <laughs>
1: Jango is the coolest dog.
0: He's like, I'm sorry, I interrupted. (laughs) (laughs) Does feel really? I feel like he
1: should be the the (laughs) the face and voice of Heather's choice.
0: We're working towards that. that. Why not?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Get him a backpack that says Heather's choice, and get meals like sticking out the zippered pouch. Yeah,
0: get him start carrying his own weight. (laughs) You know what's great though is like it doesn't matter what I make he likes it. Wait a <laughs> second.
1: You know how, you know how crazy people are about their dogs. Have you ever thought about dehydrated doggy treats? Every
0: day. Oh my god. It would god. be so easy.
1: <laughs> you would probably it would probably be like Yeah, we're Heather's Choice. We do dehydrated dog treats. We have this little side of like <laughs> yeah. the small line of side products for people who adventure. <laughs> right, exactly.
0: I would love that. It my mom be so might fun. be interested actually.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> she's a dog person
0: yes lo- we will do like dehydrated chicken livers and our oh my God. kitchen will smell like death mm-hmm. <laughs> the dogs will love you it you can
1: use our trailer yeah i don't think usda needs to come and inspect that do they it's dogs no, it's, <laughs> i mean
2: dog, dog dog food is
0: serious
1: really yeah because the last i checked they eat roadkill among other things <laughs> yeah yeah, it's well. kind
0: of like people. Like we eat some crazy <laughs> wax stuff, but since you want to produce it and sell it, yeah. you gotta ah, be legit.
1: Gotcha. But yes, yeah, gonna... so your
0: kids are more than welcome to to come. You were saying that you have a teenager and a preteen. Oh, that's yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I want to hear the rest of this. No, no, no. Yeah, thanks for thanks for keeping us on track. And Justin and I were talking recently about um how to be successful parents with teenagers. And we got some advice. Do you? Am I butchering this? Or like, do we get some advice uh, a from someone? Like, yeah. passed
4: an article on to me,
1: and it was just like, keep food in the house. Like, don't make food a limiting factor. Like, just always feed them whatever they and want like, in what they want. Complete, like, Try and, full like, supply. Agreeable. Yeah, yeah. And enough for friends to come over. And it was like, if you want to have your kids with you in life until it's time for them to move on, right? If you want your teenagers to stick around, if you want, you know, if you want to build good relationships with them just feed them and i was just like oh that's freaking brilliant
4: and uh to the extent that like we have some food intolerances is how we talk about them and um some of them i'm more sure of than others and so when the teenager kids started getting older and kind of i thought like well I should probably let them have more of a say in what they eat and their diet as they get older because they're gonna leave me and they're gonna choose their food and they're gonna binge out on these things they've been curious about. And I don't know that that will be necessarily good for them. So while they're with me, I'm gonna let them like, I'm going to see what happens if they kind of choose their intolerances. And it's been so cool to see them like be able to experience like how they feel when they like eat dairy or like something that they're not used to. And then they're like, oh, yeah, that does make me feel kind of crappy. And they're so young. And I'm like, man, good on you to figure that out now.
1: Yeah, but they're not dumb. They're not. Yeah,
4: and and but and also too, I mean, they'll still eat their intolerance if they want to. Like you know, last week at Malachi's rock climbing competition, they brought Moose's tooth in, and he's like ate a ton of pizza, you know, and then the next day he'll be like, mm, my nose is kind of runny. I think I ate too much dairy, and I, but he has a Gosh, connection. But you know? like that awareness, he has a connection. Yeah, yeah. For sure. that's so
0: cool. The other
1: thing they did was brought free beer for all the parents, <laughs> which is not my intolerance.
0: <laughs> ah. He's like, so yes. I was like,
1: super, super into the rock climbing competition. All of a sudden, like, a couple pints of IPA. <laughs> yeah,
4: that was bunkers. They're like passing out. Well, it was great. Yeah. I think
1: yeah. I, I think we even took a picture and posted up. Like, I love Alaska. Did, yeah. I did that.
0: Mm-hmm. I hope you anyway. guys do love Alaska. I'm, we do. I'll, yeah, it's I so always have.
1: On. This was a ten-year process to move up here for us as a family, and legitimately, like, it wasn't like. I had always wanted to move up here, but I was also very aware of the fact that it had to work for us as a family.
0: What is it that you guys love about it?
1: Well, I always loved about I always loved Alaska for the hunting and fishing opportunities and just like the vast wilderness. Um to me that always that always spoke to me, right? Like like I grew up hunting and fishing in Oregon in the mountains there in western Oregon with my father and the the best times of my life were the times spent hiking around in the mountains, running the rivers, fishing the rivers, um, just in wild places. And to me, Alaska was the epitome of of wilderness, right? And um, so, I always held that in my mind as like the ideal place to be as an outdoor lover and especially as a hunter and a fisherman. And I carried that into adulthood and got married very young. We were... 20 i i just turned 22 you were 21 when we got married right
4: i was 20 okay i was 21
1: you were 20 thanks for keeping me straight babe Mm -hmm. um when we got married
0: 15 years (laughs) very young
1: very young (laughs) and uh started a family very very quickly right like then a year and change later Mm -hmm. malachi was born so i think like four, fourteen 14 months later six fifteen 15 months later it was about about there yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um and life got really practical really quickly you know Mm -hmm. i was like get a job provide for the family jessica's family was in spokane washington and so we we stayed close to there lived in spokane for about 10 years and or close to that and that whole time i was kind of drawn to alaska and um but it just never the timing never felt right for our family we had so much support um so much extended family and friends in the area that it seemed like it would be a big, it would be a big, I don't know, how do you, how would you describe that? Like a, a huge and unnecessary change maybe to move to Alaska, like a premature kind of a thing to leave all this family and this support system behind as we're growing this really young, you know, we were having kids mm-hmm. and life wasn't really, I don't know. I feel like I'm floundering a bit. What was okay, life like at that asked- point? Like sh- well, she was you're just talking asking about-
4: like how I just recently told one of my good friends that I feel like Alaska matches our souls. Like it's like yeah. the every day you see these big mountains and we're just that kind of people like we are we're sort of like wild inside, wild outside, I guess. So But I feel like
1: you've come to that more re- or come to acknowledge that more recently sure. maybe. Is that true? Sure. Yeah. I don't want to put words in I your mean, mouth. I mean, but
4: we're here now, you know, so I guess that's part of it. Yeah. It was hard to just leave family. It's hard to leave family. Lots of cousins, and
1: but now but that we we're like here, it, yeah. Oh my gosh!
4: And the kids are older so now too, so it's not like they don't understand how to keep like they can keep in touch with the people they want to keep in touch with.
1: Well, now there's FaceTime.
4: Yeah, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's
1: like that's not a small thing for kids who like we have twin five year olds who want to who literally FaceTime their grandparents every morning. And oftentimes, I would say more than fifty percent of the days they FaceTime their grandparents more than once a day. Would you say that's right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And so, how do you, like ten years ago or five years ago, like that wasn't really an option, mm-hmm. you know? And so, moving away felt like a much bigger deal because you were breaking that connection. Where today, it's like, yeah, FaceTime isn't real life. It's not like you're in the same room together, but it's a lot closer than being on the phone and just hearing a voice and not having that that visual interaction as well. Mm-hmm.
0: There's a book I read recently that was talking about one of the most effective ways to stay really close to people is to actually share like the mundane aspects of your life on a daily basis. So rather than just sharing the highlight reel with somebody like, oh yeah, I got a job promotion and like then we went on this great vacation and like blah 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 and you're like, cool, like fuck you. You know, like (laughs) great. You know, what I've been doing is like washing dishes and blah blah blah. But like when you can talk with somebody more frequently or you can share with them every day, like, yeah, you know, like the highlight of my day was this and the low of my day was that. You create some real genuine connection with those people and it feels a lot more real and you feel a lot closer to them. They talk about that and the book was called Better Than Before and it was about habit formation. But I think what you guys just said about the kiddos staying in touch with your grandparents probably makes them feel really, really, really close to their grandparents because you probably don't even have that level of detail with like your best friends at school. Right. You know, or like best friends at the rock gym for these kiddos or whatever it is. So I can only imagine how mm-hmm. powerful that is, especially for the grandparents to know every single day, like, oh, so and so like yeah. went to the rock gym today and like fell and scraped their knee, but like, mm-hmm. gosh, how connected do you feel? Yeah. It knowing that it's really things. possible to be far.
1: Yeah. Well our our youngest daughter, Adelaide, she's the baby. She's the youngest of our twins who are the babies and she gets first thing in the morning she wants to facetime grandma jess's mom and a lot of times what happens is they say hi and they do their morning kind of good morning how you doing and then grandma's like baking or doing the dishes or like what it like it just seems like sometimes like
4: they're just like it's just there but they're not yeah they're not
1: they're not like just like you're saying they're just like spending time together on the phone while they're doing other things i'll i'll walk by and see the ipad and it's like grandma's shoulder (laughs) you know (laughs) and i can tell she's obviously doing something else but they're kind of talking to each other a little bit and but the phone's on like the connection is on yeah you know and it's how often do they spend time doing that
4: yeah like almost every day
1: but I mean, like, how many times will be on? The, will they be on the call together? Sometimes. What do you mean? No, you I mean, mean like, like, yeah, like for twenty minutes or yeah. thirty minutes, oh, yeah. easily. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, and it's just like they're just spending that time together, and it's, it's those. So it's the little moments where they're not achieving anything, or they're not, you know, necessarily like like you said, running through the highlight reel. They're just, they're just, together. Yeah. even though it's that a digital connection
0: consistent with when you guys lived there would they have spent that much time with grandparents
1: and yes yeah. and more yeah we would we would be there on a regular basis like mm-hmm. cool coming out for like i'd say a couple times a week we would go mm-hmm. go out there for dinner or for a day and just hang out and let the kids play and mm-hmm. bum around with papa and yeah they have a few acres out there and i don't know good stuff uh, good. good family i'm
0: psyched to hear that you guys are enjoying alaska though because yeah i think it's a special place and i'm obviously drawn to it because family's here and all that jazz but there's just after living in even bellingham washington or in colorado it just feels different mm-hmm. and i think it's partially because the community is so small like gosh we are so well supported and it's so easy to meet people and to get close to them and I, that's the question I want to ask you is like what's what is it like the people that you can get close with really quickly and be vulnerable with and like really have a deep connection versus the people who stay acquaintances forever and then I think also in Alaska we just it attracts a certain type of person who can handle being here all year round you know you've got to have a level of self-sufficiency you've got to kind of have a reason to be here otherwise you're just freaking miserable <laughs>
1: yeah this winter has not been that bad how do you feel babe
4: yeah no not no uh, i mean i think it's good to be nestled in a cabin up in the mountains you know like if we were in (laughs) anchorage i think i would have a different thing to
0: say but
1: i think i would go crazy if we were in the city like Mm -hmm. crazy i can't hardly stand driving to town to the edge of town and like running errands
0: brad what do you think because we don't really live in the city no, it, not at
2: all. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I think you're spot on. Um, it, it, this, this is a great winter compared to the last, I mean, since I've lived in Anchorage, this is probably the best winter um, that I've had. And I, you know, I haven't been here too long. I've been here, this will be my seventh year in Anchorage. Um, but this is definitely the best uh, normal winter that we've had uh, in the past it's been rainy and icy and and you, there's not a whole lot of activities to do when the weather's like that it's almost like the shoulder season all winter long mm. so yeah this this is a good year and yeah heather i think you're spot on that um unless you have a reason to be here then it's very difficult to to stick around all winter long you know there's definitely times when you gotta peel out uh, if, if you're not, if you don't have an activity that's, that's, uh, keeping you busy at any particular time of the year, you got to go find it because otherwise you're going to be real grumpy,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which is, you know, we'll go down to this year, or I guess last year we went down to Nevada to do some rock climbing for a couple weeks just to get out of the funk.
0: They called the dark and the wet yep (laughs) that's cool
1: yeah we hope to do that in the future this year well the cabin that we rented is you guys will see it hopefully soon it's nestled down in the canyon so what do we have like two months or more without the sun touching the cabin at all (gasps) oh boy it's hard yeah it's Mm -hmm. super hard and it went kind of quick like all of a sudden one day we were like wait a second something's what what the hell's going on? The sun! Like, the sun, <laughs> is the sun, awesome. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was our yeah. eight-year-old daughter. Yeah. She was totally. Yeah, she yeah, nailed it's like it. Right.
4: The sun, and it was there for like maybe ten minutes before. Or you less. Know, it, had it was just, just kind of like come between just the cracks and little... the two mountains or
0: the space between the two, and it was. Like,
1: yeah. yeah. But still, totally beautiful. Man. Totally worth celebrating too. Yeah. You know? Well,
0: and that's what I think is so cool about living up here. Like you could live other places in the world, and like. Every single day, just expect the sun's going to rise and it's going to set. And at the same time or whatever, where for us, we notice those little things like, holy cow, I haven't seen the stars all summer long. Mm -hmm. And like, have you seen these things? Like, look at them. They're beautiful. And we do the same thing with the sun of like, holy cow, I haven't seen you in months. Like, you are awesome. Or you you
2: may see it, but you don't feel it.
0: Yes. You know,
2: like the sun can be right there and you're like, "Ha, it's yeah. still 20 below." <laughs> you know, like I am still bundled up and I'm looking direct like I can't look directly at the sun because it's a clear day and it's so bright, but I can't feel the sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and that one day when even if only for 10 minutes you feel it. Yeah. It's like that that fateful day in spring when you're like, You get that shiver down your spine. We
0: made it. (gasps) Yes, (laughs) Yes, one more year we did
2: it. It's (laughs) fantastic, yeah.
4: I don't know if it's psychological, but I feel like the sun is warmer. Like when it is on you right now, you know, as we're thawing out and whatnot, it's like I could stand in these spots of sun and just feel so warm. Mm
1: -hmm. No, when you walk outside, it is warmer. (laughs) Like in the afternoon, the the driveway that used to be totally packed frozen snow
2: mm, bob sled loose now it's like a little <laughs>
1: crick on the side and water's running yeah and like the rigs are warm like in the afternoon if you get yeah, in a vehicle so nice. it's like you get the green the greenhouse effect cuz the sun is mm-hmm. it's it's like doing its magical thing yeah it's for real i love the sun
0: yeah mm-hmm. it's a good time <laughs> i love yeah just those aspects of alaska like legitimately today going outside It's what? It's almost April. I got to go outside for 30 minutes without freezing my ass off. But then I was legitimately in awe of how many freaking pine cones are in our backyard. (laughs) And it was like, holy cow, like this is wild. These are so many potential little trees. And it's not everywhere that you can live and have that experience of immediately stepping off your porch and being like, whoa, I am In nature. Like, this is full on. There are Mm -hmm. grizzly bears and there are black bears and there's eagles and there's sheep and coyotes and like all the things, like all the time. It's so freaking fun. Mm -hmm. And I think that that just kind of keeps life in perspective for us a lot is to be just right on the edge of full blown nature and wildlife. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that about Alaska.
1: Speaking of on the edge of wildlife, are we going to go caribou hunting this fall? Yes. Yes what's the plan
0: <laughs> <You both. laughs> yeah, that's a yes, good yes. response i love it <laughs> i think brad that was like the fastest i've ever heard brad awesome. answer a question in his life
2: <laughs> yeah usually it takes a like a little bit of a registry i'm stoked uh, uh we can we, cut no, anything no.
1: out here that we want to so let's just take a moment and talk about it. Good, Is I'm that cool
0: I'm right. (laughs) So we've gotten two. We get two more out of him. He was taking selfies thirty
1: seconds ago. Now he's taking a restroom break. So
0: what happened last year we went uh looking for Sick of Blacktail in Prince William Sound and got completely skunked. Brad went for two weekends. I went for one and then he we went looking for mountain goats in October, I think it was, just kind of back up behind our house. But we didn't go for caribou at all. And so come late October, we were hurting big time. Like really wishing we had spent some more time planning some trips and planning some hunts. So this year we want to be a lot more proactive.
1: Cool. I want to do a couple big caribou trips before guide season starts. So here's the thing with that. (laughs) (laughs) Being a guide means I'm in the field all the time and I rarely hunt for myself. So, that's kind of interesting. So, I'm always looking for opportunities like before I start guiding and after I'm guiding and occasional stuff to wedge in between little breaks that I might have. But anyway, caribou fits into that nicely. We've talked about in the past uh, and there, you know, recently in terms of doing something cool this fall, which means awesome. late July to very early August. And I think I need to be flying out on the 8th of August to get ready for sheep season, which opens the 10th. So that timing works for you guys.
0: Yeah, we'll make it happen. I think for us, as long as we schedule it, then we can work around it. Like we're leaving for 10 days this next month. And so it really put a fire under our ass to like, we need to get somebody in here to cover the daily operations. So if we schedule it, we'll make it happen and get people in the business who can help us out. Because once again, we live in a small community where there's plenty of people who want to help, which is really nice. Cool. You're still thinking flying super far north. There was two potential trips. We had some
1: options, yeah. The other okay. So part of this is that a lot of air charters or air taxis are starting to fill up and they're booked up. Hmm. So we're running into that. So we can go west and hunt the Western Arctic herd, which is um, Cotsubu, Western. Yeah. Yep, out of Kotzebue. Yep. Yeah, Western Brooks, Brooks Range. A lot of really cool country in there to hunt. That's an option that runs about twenty five hundred to three thousand per person for airfare. Um, The other option would be like a a backpack style haul road hunt, um, which could be really cool. That herd, the Central Arctic herd on the North Slope there on the off the haul road, is kind of stable, but overall it's down um so but if you can hike and get away from the road and move around and be mobile and cover country i think it's very doable um so that would be definitely the cheapest option and could be quite adventurous even though you know you're dealing with a lot of tussocks and hard flatland walking kind of a thing you know um the cool thing about counting the western arctic herd out of Kotzebue is we could do either a mountain style hunt where we get dropped off, and we just hike around the mountains in the Brooks range and, and kind of get picked back up again where we get dropped off, or we could do a float hunt, which would be really cool. And, uh, we could float the n- <coughs> or one of the tributaries, which is like right in the prime migration route of that herd, you know, that time of year, which could be super cool. Um, And then the wild card option, and by far the most expensive option, would be going up and hunting um, the... (laughs) Which, based on my research, I don't... I haven't really found anybody that's hunting it other than local hunters. So, that doesn't mean the hunting would be any better than any other herd necessarily. It would be, like, definitely the most expensive option, just because it's so far north to fly and it is not mountainous it would be like really flatlands and then of course we could do something like um the porcupine herd kind of more on the eastern edge closer to the canadian border so lots of options exist although i think air taxis on that porcupine herd might be filled up a lot of air taxis on the central herd are filled up but there's always that hiking option which could be really fun Mm -hmm. um and we're all in good shape and can put a backpack on so no no issues there
0: float out is always my dream trip that'd be pretty fun
1: if we want to do a float trip then the kotzebue jump off could be really cool i mean that area definitely gets some traffic but i'm never i've never been afraid of hunting around other hunters Mm because i'm always like super willing to walk farther than anybody else and Get over the mountain and see what's on the other side kind of a thing.
0: As we've seen
2: is not very much farther, other you know, there you'll you'll have a couple people who are willing to do the same thing that you're gonna do, but there's plenty to go around. Exactly. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, hunting goat in the same area or something like that, but even still, I'll go farther.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So I'm game. I might even do two caribou hunts this fall before guide season picks up because I'm working on research for the caribou guide that i'm putting together for alaska diy you know and so the more country that i can cover and get firsthand experience on you know get photography and videography on that stuff the happier i'll be and the more i, I can include in that you know in that product so
2: so are you talking about airfare as far as like price wise airfare from anchorage or
1: no like so if you jump off to, if you go to kotzebue you know you can easily with air miles you know yeah. get your airfare there i don't know what it would cost in dollars but then from there in town there's a f- several there's a few air charters you know mm-hmm. that'll fly you out and most of those are around 2500 to 3000 roughly
2: but what about the the super north trip that's yeah all, that's all small charter as well
1: that's a guy out of fairbanks i i've i've done some research on that i can do more that to me is very intriguing yeah absolutely super intriguing by far the most expensive So the best I can figure
2: most worth it.
1: Potentially, it depends on what you want. Like if you're willing to shell out, I I think it would be between three and four thousand dollars per person Mm -hmm. for the air for the air charter for that trip. So like jump in a truck, drive to Fairbanks with all all of our gear and everything. You know, jump in the air charter and probably fly north, (laughs) stop for refuel potentially, and then keep flying way north and get dropped off in this area where there might i don't know there might not be anybody else really hunting i don't know
2: sounds like it's pretty inaccessible
1: it's very difficult to get to yeah um definitely the most expensive option for that air charter service service did i say that right i think so yeah okay you got it. Couple beers down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sherbish. Super. <laughs>
0: guys, we got this. <laughs> the slippery salmon. <laughs> oh, uh,
1: the other thing that would be super fascinating is mm-hmm. doing like a river float out of Fairbanks and then floating kind of in towards. Then getting picked up down there. Yeah. So that's like a little more research could figure that out pretty easily. But but I've got a guy who's definitely like an air taxi guy who's like, yeah, I've got some dates open. Yeah. Not a lot of dates, but definitely like late July especially, and then pick up very early August. So if you guys are interested in that, I'm super interested in it. It just means we gotta put a like a fifty percent deposit down for the trip soon, which would be total up to I don't know, five six five, six thousand bucks. So sure. And that's with a plane that we're all lean people. So, ultra light. it's like, I think, <laughs> uh was I pulling up the email? I think he said 650 pounds or 700 pounds on the way in is max because it's so far. He's got to conserve weight for fuel. So, part of the logistics that I could possibly figure out is have Jess up there somewhere on the Dalton Highway to pick up meat and have like a, hmm. so on the way in, we would go in light, like the three of us potentially. Is that what you guys are thinking? Both mm-hmm. of you going? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yep. So all three of us going in light within the weight, con- the weight limits, gross weight. So we'd all go in super light, get dropped off, and then if we all get caribou, you got three caribou worth of meat and antlers. Sure. If he could pick us up, drop us off, drop the meat and antlers and maybe even one person off on the Dalton Highway, go back, maybe refuel or something like that. Go back, pick somebody up and do the full leg back to Fairbanks. Mm-hmm. Logistically, we could we could definitely, I could, I could figure that out, you know, with talking to him and stuff like that. Um, and that could save some money. But yeah, it's going to be, it's going to cost some money for sure. But it would also be like one of these really cool experiences where it's like we went up, you know, hunted this crazy northern herd of caribou and yeah. did this cool adventure. and Yeah, could be neat.
2: Yeah, not many people get to do.
1: Right. And not nece- And I don't want to oversell it. It's not necessarily any better than any other hunt. And it would be more flatland, you know, than... As opposed to mountain, a mountainous hunt, which would be, we could definitely do out of Kotzebue or something like that. So, those, that's kind of the flavor of that one. A little more expensive, but a little more, for me, like super intriguing on the adventure and kind of the, un, getting into the unknown a little bit. So, anyway. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Whatever you guys are into, like I'm, like I would just be super happy going up and sharing a camp and shoot, you know, hunting some caribou and maybe getting some You know, getting some fun adventure kind of quality time, wild stuff in. And how
2: much is that sixteen person TP weigh?
1: Like it's twenty pounds with a stove, I think. Although we wouldn't even take the stove because there's no wood up there. It's like eighteen pounds or something. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not heavy at all.
2: I was just kidding, but we might bring it anyway, just (laughs) so we can. Run laps around.
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. You
4: could run
2: we're laps. We're having yoga class on the <laughs> <laughs>
0: left-hand side this morning.
1: No, we're a family of seven, and we literally fit in half of it. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a super fun shelter, mm, for sure. I have not. I'm, I'm really curious, just as a quick um, aside for the Seek Outside folks and stuff like that. I'm still playing around with it here in Alaska. I'm really s- curious to see how it does in high wind. Because that's something we deal with a lot up here in Alaska that in the lower 48, you just you either have more protected campsite locations available or just not the the storms, just don't come through with 50% sustained and 80% gut or 80, 50%, 50 mile per hour sustained and 80 mile per hour gusts or like 90, I mean, yeah. geez, on yeah. Kodiak this winter we had... We had a recorded gust of over like 106, I think. Was wow. it. it was stupid. I mean, stupid. even our
0: trip to Prince William Sound this year, we were tucked away in like what we thought was a little protected yeah. bay. And it was nuts getting yeah, set up.
2: It's not typical for the wind to blow direction, but shit changes, you know? Yeah. Like occasionally you get wind in the other direction. We had that in Anchorage a few years ago and we lost half the, city's power because trees blew over because they're not used to the wind blowing that direction you know mm. so it happens like uh, the wind changes and yeah like like heather said we're we're like pff, tucked into a very dense forest but normally and and i've gone there and the, the trees last are four like years <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, there, I've hunted there the last four <laughs> years and never ever had the wind come from that direction um and and this year it was just the exact opposite and we suffered the brunt like bam, right in our face. There was no hiding from it in the, in the the area where we were camping. So it, it changes and you got to have a good tent, uh, that can handle that. And you win and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and a tent that you can spike down. Yes. Cause if you can't spike it down, then you're going to be in a lot of, in a world of hurt.
1: So, Yeah. I'm yeah. One of the things for Alaska DIY that I want to do in the, this year and and beyond is really play around with shelters a lot and get a lot of different shelter options to test, especially like in some of these areas where we get these horrendous storms and, and just brutal rain, you know, for days on end kind of a thing and just say like, Hey man, this actually works and this doesn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean there's some shelter options that we that I know from experience work really well but they're also either really heavy or extremely expensive you know and I'd love to find some other options that are are less less expensive or kind of like compromise on a couple of different areas that are like hey if you're going to come up for a hunt like this is actually a decent option you know and I've been able to recommend some of that stuff um but I'd love to test some more mm-hmm. some more options and stuff like that I'm always playing around with gear and i don't know it's a fun thing to nerd out on but it also can be totally overwhelming <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally overwhelming
2: yeah. especially if you're looking at some of the higher higher uh priced things like hilleberg or something like that exactly like, gosh that would be fantastic would be well, a thousand bucks for a two-person yeah. tent uh, let's uh, let's do it yeah you know <laughs> in, in 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 uh depending on what you're doing it's totally realistic like it's and a great justifiable. shelter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but if if you're if you're looking for something, do it yourself and a little bit more on a on a a lower a normal budget, I should say. Uh, then there's option. There's other options. It just takes a little bit more searching, I think.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's one of the things for me. You know that I'm very interested in is offering like like good recommendations based on experience up here on items like gear items that don't break the bank that can get someone up here and experiencing what alaska has to offer sure so like alaska is a vast wilderness and and it's so diverse you know from top end to bottom and you know east to west there's so many cool places to go but all of it has something like really special to offer, especially for someone who's never experienced it before. I think that, and and th- maybe this is my perception and it's not totally true. I don't know. But I think that a lot of people get, um, they get kind of caught up in how much is it going to cost? I don't have the gear that I'm going to need. I, I can't afford a full set of Sitka gear and a Hilleberg tent and a rifle, you know, and a, proof research rifle or you know whatever all the all the cool shit that is out there on the market that totally works and is really high quality gear and i'm not trying to take away from any of that kind of stuff because it's good quality stuff stuff, but it is also for a lot of people you know out of their price range
2: sure
1: and if you think that you need to have all of that cool shit to come up here and experience Hmm. alaska like that's not true right and I want to be able to say, hey, you know, here are some options that are very reasonably priced that absolutely will get the job done and provide you with a lot of comfort um, and utility in your experience hunting in Alaska. You know, that like you can actually do this on a blue collar budget. Sure. You know what I mean? You can make this trip happen. Like you don't have to keep pushing it back year after year. Hoping that someday you know you'll be able to make be able to do it, you know. I was like, no, nah, this is totally doable, and here's some options for under a hundred bucks. Yeah, here and that, you know, like start kitting this shit together and make it make it work. So yeah. anyway, that's yeah, something yeah, that's yeah, close yeah. to no, my heart.
2: I, I think you're spot on. I think that it, you know, there are options on all ends of the spectrum. There, are, first of all, like you said, some of that stuff is premium and it is designed for like the most extreme. Areas of not only Alaska, but the world, right? So there's, and and I would not compromise. If I'm planning on going to one of those areas, um, barrow or uh, just something that is completely barren and exposed to high wind or high altitude and exposed to high wind, like, I'm going to go with something that is extremely, extremely uh, burly. Like a Hilleberg tent, and I'm not going to recommend somebody takes a um, an REI half dome tent to that to that area just because it's going to save them. However, there, like you mentioned, there are plenty of places in the giant state of Alaska where people can go on a lower budget and have a fantastic experience. They can be successful. They can be comfortable on a lower budget. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, I think it's, and, and potentially it might take a few years of planning to, to do your dream trip. You know, I think one of the the hard things, especially for me is like, when I think about a trip, I want to do it this year. I want to do it now. And if I want to do it now, that potentially is going to hit my pocketbook really hard. So having the patience to say, I want to do this trip and I'm okay doing it three years from now. That's really hard. Like you just heard that sigh in my voice. It, like that was hard <laughs> that's just That's a long ways away. That, you know, yeah. like 3 years from now. That's really hard to plan for. But if you if you legitimately want to do a trip and uh budget is a big thing, then you might need to like have a little bit of self-control and plan a couple years out. Um that being said, there are some areas where uh I think you need the most premium quality equipment because it's what's going to save your life. So,
0: I just keep laughing thinking about the mountain goat trip we went on last year, and Brad had left his two-person tent in town, so we had my little one-person tent. We took off on (laughs) a two-day trip Mm -hmm. and snuggled into this little one-person Big Agnes backpacking tent, and we had the time of our life. It was a really fun trip, and... We slept really comfortably and blah blah blah. But man, I feel like all the hunting trips that we've been on, there hasn't been any like super special gear. It's like what do we have? Right. Let's take that make and make it go. work. Right. Yeah. Let's make it work.
2: Yeah. You absolutely can. I do I do think there's a bit of a threshold like if you're gonna be going into sub zero temperatures, you can't go in with uh just thermals. You know, like you gotta be smart about it. You gotta have at least semi the right gear but yeah exactly you can make a lot of things work not only in alaska but everywhere um it just kind of takes some planning
1: and i think a big part of it is just understanding the principles behind what makes gear work yeah you know especially in alaska or in in more extreme conditions it's like it doesn't have to be name brand it doesn't have to be this and that some of it might be because that's the option that's available that actually fulfills the purpose or mm-hmm. or that principle, you know, but a part, a lot of it to me is just like, like I, you know, I've said it before, but like I, I outfit my kids every year at the thrift store just cause it's like base layers and stuff and insulating layers don't have to be fancy mm-hmm. as long as they're stretchy synthetic and they work like, I don't, I don't care what color they're, you know, any of that, but man, your ring gear better be like right. spot on. Like your anger has to work. Yep. You know, I don't, but wear some synthetic sweatpants for your, it doesn't matter. Like, get some good boots. You know, you yeah. Know? It's like certain things have to be right. And then a whole bunch of other stuff just needs to, like, if it fulfills, like, this basic utilitarian purpose, it's totally and 100% adequate. Yeah. You know,
2: one of our, uh, one of our ambassadors, Bo Martonic, um, did a really cool, experiment and i forget what the actual name of the like uh i don't know if there was actually a uh, process or a um whatever it was called but it, it's basically a navy seal experiment or training and it all has to do with synthetic your your perfect layering right <laughs> that's the
1: wine being poured <laughs> Don't I not realize that, that was
0: going to be so loud. Don't think the mic didn't pick that up. <laughs> That's awesome. It was not miking pouring <laughs> myself a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, go
2: ahead. No, no, no. D- bring the joy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, it just comes down to properly layering and using thin- synthetic materials. Like, who cares what color they are, right? Um, uh, but having synthetic material and the proper layering of them is, like, paramount, especially in a wet situation. So, basically, what he did was he put a, put his entire garb on. So, he put on his base layers, he put on his mid layers, he put on his outer layers, or, you know, mid-level layers, or whatever, what's between mid and outer layers. And then he put on his down, and then he had a uh, his tent set up with a down or not down um a synthetic sleeping bag um and he i think he's in pennsylvania and it was like springtime or something like that and he just went and waded out into a, a pond that had just recently unfrozen and i think he was in there for 10 or 15 minutes something like that just, like getting soaked just all the way through there. yeah just wow. sitting there yeah
1: underwater like yeah like his deep? head was above
2: the water okay. and you know somebody's videotaping him and kind of seeing, you know, like, hey, how are you, Bo? And uh, and so then, after uh, this uh, period of time, he gets out, and he goes, and he just crawls into his sleeping bag. All his layers on. Everything is synthetic. I know I said down earlier. There's no down. Don't, don't do this with down. Um, everything is synthetic. So he crawls in his sleeping bag. He immediately heats up some water, uh, some hot water, and Pours it into a mug, puts that into a sleeping bag to warm up the sleeping bag, and then he heats up some more water. Actually, heats up a Heather's Choice meal, and holla, holla, <laughs> and and lets that rehydrate. And after uh, a few moments, he he pulls out the hot water, drinks some warm water, eats some hot food, and then curls back in and and then all of a sudden he starts warming up right and so now he peel he, he comes out he gets out of a sleeping bag he his outer synthetic layer is uh, the big puffy coat it's completely soaked his his sleeping bag completely soaked right he gets out he pulls off his outer layer the next layer pretty dang wet like still really wet not something that's gonna be comfortable. Pulls that off. Well, this one's actually like half dry, right? So, takes that one off, he gets down to his mid-layer, and it's almost completely dry. And then he gets down all the way down to his base layer, and it is completely dry. So, it it demonstrates the moisture wicking that nobody actually understands what that means. Yeah. It is here moisture wicking. (laughs) They're like, oh, yeah, wicks moisture.
0: That means I won't stink as bad. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, right? (laughs) Uh,
2: But it pulls the moisture away, but it's only going to do that if you have the proper layering, right? And so, with that proper, including your sleeping bag, your sleeping bag is going to get soaking wet if you are properly layering in a wet environment um but it's going to pull your moisture away from the core of your body which is the most important and And the heat source and that's why it works exactly
1: that's why it works exactly so like i can speak from the to this from experience i will sweat out my socks and sweat out my boots each day just hiking in the mountains crawl into a sleeping bag at night if my especially if i'm if it's like later season and I have double wool socks on, so there's a lot to hold the moisture. I'll crawl in my sleeping bag. I'll wake up in the morning. My socks will be completely dry. Whereas I went in, they, I, they're they not soaking wet. It's sweat. You know, they're not like drowned in water. But they were wet getting into the sleeping bag for sure. And when I wake up in the morning and get out of the sleeping bag, they are dry. And the outside of my sleeping bag is wet. Right. That, that moisture is blown through the socks, through the insulation of the sleeping bag to the outside layer. Right Now, some of that you're going to get through condensation, but this is like, the if you compare it to the rest of your sleeping bag, you're going to get condensation throughout your sleeping bag based on the warmth on the inside and temperature on the outside and the dew point and all that kind of crap, right? And how good, how well your shelter ventilates. Anyway, aside from all that, um, drying yourself from the inside out, even if you get a little bit damp, get in the sleeping bag and i don't care if it's down or synthetic down to a certain degree will still do the same thing it'll still as long as your body provides the heat source you know you will still be able to blow off some of that moisture and it'll collect on the outside of your bag right so i definitely have experienced that firsthand like kind of like over and over and over it's just something you expect to do like i'm gonna like (laughs) this is a late season hunt I am not. I don't have a wood stove or we're not building a fire, but I know when I get in my sleeping bag, I'm going to be wet when I wake up in the morning. I'm going to be reasonably dry. And I hang up my sleeping bag. I zip my sleeping bag all the way down and I hang up both ends. I hang them, literally hang them up in the tent from tie-out points so that the whole thing's kind of draping so that any little bit of greenhouse effect or anything that the tent's going to get is going to help dry out that sleeping bag because I know it's got moisture in it from the night before from blowing out, you know, From, you know, the moisture that my body's creating and and, and wicking, you know, those wicking layers kind of doing that function that I'm relying on in order to dry out my layers. Mm -hmm. So anyway... But really quick, I'm curious, like, is there any reference point or, like, was that information published from, from this guy that you're talking about? It is, about? yeah.
2: Um, give me a moment. His name is Bo Martonic. He's, uh, like I said, he's he's out of Pennsylvania, but he's an ambassador of ours at Heather's Choice. And uh, cool. give me one moment. I'll, I'll actually find the link to that YouTube video because it's on YouTube.
1: I'm going to take a quick second. I'm going to hit the John. <laughs> Oh, that's Do you need how a beer? it's done. Yeah, that's how it's done. <laughs> yeah, I'll take one. Piece. You want one? Okay. IPA in. or a pail? <laughs>
4: how okay. long are you planning on going?
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's like, wait Spaden, a second. <laughs> you guys this is your house, so you tell me. No, um uh, no. there's a few things that I really like. We've we, we haven't gotten into a lot of stuff and this is the problem with these kinds of conversations, is sometimes they take on a life babble. of their own and we just kind of keep going and going. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's one thing that I really I mean there's a bunch of stuff that I would love so to talk about. So, maybe two? there's a part two. Maybe there's a part two.
0: We would love to have you guys back. Super You fun. are welcome to stay as long as you'd like to stay and we'd love to do this again. <laughs> All okay. of the above. All cool. of the above. So, no pressure for cool, us. Cool, cool. Here's bear one thing. First one to go. Mama, mama bear mama with the mama tattoos bear. on yeah. the
1: knuckles. <laughs> the knuckle tattoos. mess with, with mama lawn. bear. Don't mess with mama bear.
0: Which, can you put it on for part two that I want to talk way more about this whole layering system? Because when yeah. I was on the Grand Canyon, like, It was definitely below 20 degrees my first trip, and I heard two conflicting things, like wear your socks to bed or do not wear your socks to bed. Mm. And like to this day, I'm still like, do I wear socks to bed? Like, Is that going to keep me warmer, or do I take my socks off? So we need to talk more about this layering. I don't think the socks
1: matter at all. I think, well, I've done a couple of different things. Before I use the restroom, though, I will say that... (laughs) I have yeah, that. I have oh, yeah. really cold feet <laughs> and a lot of times what I'll do in my sleeping bag is take an insulating layer and push it down to the bottom of my sleeping bag to add an insulation to the bottom to the foot foot portion Sorry. of my sleeping bag yeah. and then I'll put my feet in cuz I have a really hard time keeping my feet warm at night and it'll keep me awake. So, two things. One, if I wear wet socks to bed, I will wake up with dry socks. Okay? However, depending on how cold it is and how good my sleeping bag is and I've worn I, I've used several sleeping bags, several different ones and different temperature ratings, my feet may or may not stay warm overnight, which may or may not allow me to sleep. So one of the things that I've done when I'm concerned about that is put on dry socks, but I'll put my wet socks in the bottom of my sleeping bag right against right between my dr- feet with dry socks on and the, and the sleeping bag, the foot of the sleeping bag. So that they're right there and they're being heated through my body temperature. And that will work. If I do that, one, I'm assured of having warm feet at night because I have perfectly dry socks on. That helps a ton. Two, it it does dry out those wet socks to a certain degree, although I don't, I'm not totally sure, and I this is like no actual scientific testing or you know anything involved, but I don't think it dries them out. Anecdotally, I don't think it dries them out quite as much as wearing them. As having them in the footbed, but it does dry them out significantly to where if I hang them up again after that or put them in the my in the bottom the foot of my sleeping bag again for another night, I feel like they're reasonably dry. And I can kind of recycle them into that rotation of having dry socks. So I don't know if that helps at all. For me, I cannot go to sleep with no socks on, but that's a very personal thing. Even at home in a like a 65 to 70 degree room, I can't go to sleep with without socks on <laughs> that's okay, kind of a weird so this thing this is why
0: like all of these systems are so fun because it's different from person to person For sure. i am the kid who's like oh i'm freezing but i have to stick my feet out from underneath the covers because like my feet are <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> jessica does that yes. but, <laughs> I'm like, ah, like brad gets out of bed in the morning and i like immediately stick my feet out from wow. under the covers like eh, funny. i'm hot yeah
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> The alarm will go off, and it's uh, immediately I'll like turn to shut it off, and I get smothered like she's just freezing. And then, all of a sudden, maybe five minutes later, she'll roll over, being like,
1: "Ah, That is so hot. Does she sound exactly like that? (laughs) Yes,
3: oh
2: my gosh. (laughs) It's unreal. So oh, this is why way.
0: men's and women's sleeping bags are different <laughs> We yeah. have different I body temperature regulation
4: bag. like I have to have the side unzipped for that reason like I have to be able to get my feet out.
2: Yeah, which yep. me, I'm the opposite. like I want to be as snuggle as possible and right now want my down sleeping bag, a dog chewed up my zipper <laughs> and so I can't zip it up more than like mid chin and it drives me nuts Nuts. Uh... because i can feel the draft and i hate it
1: dude i got an enlightened equipment quilt for josiah which is now 12 years old i think i bought it for him last year for christmas so he was 11 it's a pound wow for a down 20 degree sleeping bag but it's not a full zip it's like a a quilt with these straps that strap onto your pad and they tuck under you. So it's kind of like this kind of hybrid, real flexible kind of mm-hmm. sleeping bag. Anyway, I took it out the other uh, for a couple of nights. It's a 20-degree rated bag. I wore a single pair of socks, um, thermal, un- thermal long underwear, and then it doesn't have a mummy hood. So it just wraps around your neck. So you have to wear some kind of like really warm... Head covering and it's made that to, that way to save on weight and be versatile because assuming that you would need a hood with a jacket you know an insulated hood with a jacket or something for other applications right so i had a down jacket with a nice warm hood on it wore that to bed so one night was 18 degrees i slept awesome in it my feet were warm i went to bed with warm dry feet so that helps but just single single layer socks hmm <laughs> In a twenty degree bag. Normally when bags are rated, they're rated to like a safety rating, not a comfort rating. So this is a twenty degree bag and my and I was like totally comfortable in it at eighteen degrees. The next night was like more like twenty-eight degrees. It warmed up significantly. Right. Significantly. And totally again, of course, totally comfortable and and it snowed on me a little bit that night. I think Jess took some pictures of me with snow on me. It, it, was, it was like snowing on my face and I went to bed with a neck gaiter on and a hood. So I just pulled the neck gaiter over my face in the middle yep. of the night at some point and just slept like totally on the deck, just on a cot. And it was just, it was awesome. But yep. but I was just testing this sleeping bag that's like 16 ounces or 17 ounces. And it's a treated down bag. And I don't know. I have, knock on wood, I have never Ever had an issue with soaking a sleeping bag, to where the down doesn't work. Mm. <laughs> so I, and I there's a lot I of had controversy that about of this. Like,
0: sweating through it, like if we took our zero degree bags on a Grand Canyon trip and it was good not lord zero degrees. Oh, <laughs> it was like you just leave
1: it wide open yeah, and kind of flail like,
2: around <laughs> under it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's hot. It's such a difference from the top of the the put in, in yeah the it can be too, zero though.
0: degrees on day one and then 70 degrees on day 20 yeah so well, you're, you're like
2: go and do your thing <laughs> uh just so you know the uh bo's youtube channel is big bo outdoors b-o-w outdoors and the video is a variation on the navy seal rewarming drill
0: bo's a sharp dude that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. he.
2: Okay. Yeah. What's your Do you plan? want
0: some of this? No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Brad does. Give me some of that.
1: Brad always does. It's
0: so
2: oh, was like that was like perfectly nice. in half. I
3: know.
1: Was awesome. Okay. Yeah, buddy. There is one thing. There is <sighs> one thing that I'm really... Dying to know more about, and I'm.
4: One thing. Shut.
1: You have one. He's like,
0: I'm never bringing you again, and that's fine.
1: Yeah. Normally we just go until we pass out.
0: Yeah. Um. Huh. So I will do it at your house next time. The kids that's will right. wake yeah. us up and be like, Hey, 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 what are hey, do you yes, doing? What are do you doing? What are you doing? Perfect. Actually, you guys, all of have our kids, kids know how to get up
4: and make the coffee.
1: That's true. Our little <laughs> <What>? kids make- <laughs> Adelaide, so the five-year-old, like, <laughs> loves Dingo. to make coffee. Yeah.
4: So like, I'm always like, I'll get up when you're done making that. Sure, sir, <laughs> Not that bad, but kind <laughs> of.
2: So the next time Malachi and Josiah come work for us, it's going to mm-hmm. be at 6 a.m. and they're going to make me Yep. Make
1: yeah. some coffee. Do it. Okay.
4: <laughs> Except Abe will drive them there.
1: <laughs> I'll totally do it. All right, there's so much shit we haven't gotten to that I would love to ask you about. We can been... just
4: get started at midnight, though. That's the
1: a... no, no. Here's one thing.
4: Okay, one thing. This is the this mm-hmm. is the one thing.
1: Because there's gonna be a part two for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And um, three and four. Here's something oh. that, um, that you've mentioned before, that I'm really very very curious about, and it goes back to more of the entrepreneur. Entrepreneurial. Entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. How do you say Did that word? End. Cut. Uh, uh, <laughs> cut. Get it. Fucking. Fucking give me another diet. beer. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got the on- entrepreneurial.
4: Say it with a big bite. <laughs> oh, John, no. Hey,
1: this is vegan, dairy-free, scrumptious. Entrepreneurial. Yep. Aspect yep. of our lives. Um... So, if you, you've mentioned having uh, a mentor in someone by the name of Amy, right? Yep. Okay, no, but here's what really fascinated me is what like your relationship to money and how your understanding of money has or or at one point in your life changed um, that kind of was a maybe a turning point or a key to Heather's starting Heather's Choice. I'm super fascinated about that. I'd love to hear more about what money means to you and kind of your journey through understanding money.
0: Yeah, it's it's obviously an ongoing journey just like any other relationship. So I think that we have a relationship with food, we have a relationship with other people, and we have a relationship with money. We have a relationship with our bodies. And I think that our relationship with food is a mirror of the relationship that we have in other er aspects of our life. And so that's been helpful for me just to recognize that, okay, sometimes I might be uh, super disciplined in my relationship with food or in my relationship with money. And it kind of correlates to other areas. And there might be other times where I'm just in like screw it mode. And like that falls into every other area, like not paying attention to my diet, not paying attention to money. I'm not in relationship and like doesn't matter. And so I think that that's really helpful to rather than isolate those relationships to recognize that the way you do one thing is how you do everything and just kind of pay attention to that. But in terms of the mentor that you mentioned, there is a woman that I actually got to coach on eating psychology named Amy. And after her and I had kind of finished our professional relationship of like coach and client, we actually became really close friends. And she had said to me at one point, like, hey, if you really want some help with your business, I would love to talk to you about budgeting. And immediately budgeting was like a dirty word in my mind like never had a budget so dirty so dirty right yeah. and especially as an entrepreneur like somebody who didn't have a consistent income i was like ew gross like i don't even want to have this conversation and it was really helpful for her to sit me down and say it's okay if you have an inconsistent income like let's create a budget for you over the course of the entire year and i just want you to like basically log the spending that you're doing compared to your income and find out do you have an income problem or do you have a spending problem and this took months took months of amy and i talking on the phone and me learning how to navigate a spreadsheet and like hating it and just being like so resistant to it and like yeah i hate excel i hate this like i don't want to do this But Amy was so patient and so supportive that at some point in this whole journey, like there wasn't a magical moment. It was like just putting in the miles that I was like, oh, I actually like love updating my budget and like I kind of feel a little freaked out if I don't update it. And, like, man, I actually really want to see how much extra money I have to work with this year to plan a caribou hunt or, like, to plan a trip to Nevada or whatever. And suddenly it changed from being this really crappy experience of, like, I hate this to being really addictive <laughs> like, very tangible and very rewarding and I don't mean to say any of that to say like that I'm fantastic with money or that I've got it all figured out but in working with someone like Amy who I really genuinely trust it's completely transformed my relationship with money in the way that I spend it in the way that I manage it because up to that point my relationship with money was always and I would say it still is. If I need money, I'm, I know how I can go make it. Like if you said to me, hey, Heather, we're going to go to Europe next year and we're going to go do such and such a trip. We'd love for you to come, but it's going to cost 20 grand. My immediate reaction is I will find a way to make 20 grand because I understand that I can provide enough service to generate that amount of income because all money is an exchange of energy. So if I give you twenty if I give you forty thousand dollars worth of value and you give me twenty, it's a fair trade because I'm giving you more in value than you're giving me in monetary value. So I think that with my relationship with Amy, having somebody I genuinely trusted was really helpful. But I think as a precursor of that, understanding that money is simply an exchange of energy. And so long as I'm always providing more, in use value than I'm getting in monetary value, I'm always gonna be okay. So hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> I'm trying to keep this like fairly condensed without spending the next six late. hours. Is that what you're saying? No, huh. no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Just try not to drag on.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, there's gotta be a mechanism though. Like how what do you, how do you how would you quantify $40,000 worth of value in order to receive $20,000 $20, worth of value. Like like in r- real world.
0: No, I, I strongly disagree because like I'm sitting here looking at your lovely lady, Jess, and say, like, I could go to her and say, okay, in your relationship with food, would you pay $40,000 to not have gone through what you've gone through in your relationship with food? I'm getting a head nod. <laughs> okay, so okay, if... Probably, she doesn't, she doesn't
1: care. Like, yeah, she's saying, yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, like, if I say, you know what? Like, the coaching program that you're going to go through with me for the next year is going to cost you $20,000, somebody might say, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, there's no way I'm going to spend $20,000 for a personal coach, but if I deep down know the pain that you feel... If I deep down know like how cold your feet are gonna be in your sleeping bag <laughs> and how many like sleepless nights you're gonna endure, and I can think like you know what if I can sell this dude a three hundred dollar sleeping bag, and it saves him ten sleepless or like ten nights of getting a full night's sleep, I bet it's gonna be worth three hundred bucks to him. So I don't think it's tangible. I think it's a completely a personal experience of man, like, do I really think that what I'm selling is worth what I'm charging? And I can definitely say as somebody who's gone on backcountry trips and spent hundreds of hours dehydrating my own food, I sure as shit would pay 15 bucks for like a good, healthy dinner. I do not think that what we're charging is astronomical by any stretch of the imagination. So when people come and say like, this is bullshit that your meal is 15 bucks, I'm like, no, because obviously, like you don't see the value in it, like just because so you don't, not our guy. <laughs> yeah, just because you don't see the value in it does not mean that what I'm charging is too much. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say that it's uh, really mathematical so much as it's it's a value and a perception well,
1: perceived, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. perceived value.
0: Mm. You know, like you could say man, like, I'm going to take you guys on this caribou hunt and, like, you know, it could be five grand all in for us to go on this trip. And because we know you and because we like you and because we've had good experiences with you and, like, we have some inherent trust there, it's like, eh, yeah, we'll throw down five grand. Not for the flight, but we're going to throw down five grand because, like, we want to go on a trip with you. Mm. You know, like, at least for me, like, if some, like, we were talking about that recently, there was a, another trip, it was for fishing, and Brad's like, there's no way I would pay $3,500 to go on a fishing trip, Mm. but, like, I bet you anything, he would spend five grand on a hunt, and, like, same amount of time, wilderness experience, gonna bring home (laughs) some food, but the perceived value is incredibly different.
2: Yeah. It, it definitely um it it absolutely boils down to what your priorities are and what what your values are and uh i would say going back to your your example of initially of i'm going to provide you $20,000 or you're i'm going to charge you $20,000 but you're going to receive $40,000 in value i mean i i think that that is the entire point like the forty thousand dollars is arbitrary completely
0: um, right uh, yeah.
2: but the just the fact that somebody is paying this but they feel like they're getting more than they paid for that's the big thing mm-hmm. you know like the fact that they are satisfied with what they paid and more that's the that's the end-all be-all
0: that's the secret sauce. right? The secret sauce, the
2: fancy sauce, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> the fancy That's sauce. That's the
0: mayonnaise and the mustard mixed together. Yeah,
2: exactly.
1: In our we house, it's the
0: mayonnaise and the sriracha. Like, yes, try this, try this. And I was like, I'm actually fine. I do <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 you're not fine until you've tried no, no, the fancy no, no, sauce. No, no, no.
1: In our house, it's the mayonnaise and the sriracha mixed together. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. sriracha mayonnaise. sauce. Yeah, I would pay more exactly. for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> No, but I I think that it's uh like you said perceived value, like it it all boils down to uh, a fair trade, mm-hmm. right? So like like Heather was saying, she provided a service for this woman who had uh, a terrible relationship with food, and at the end of it, she felt like she had a better relationship with food, mm-hmm. and she,
0: which is both, quite both frankly won. priceless, mm-hmm. right? Right, And so what she gave me, though, like a better relationship with money, she didn't charge me a damn thing for it. Right. However, like for her, she's like, you know what? I've gone through this. I know what you're going through. Like, I want to help. And that's the cool part about the human experience is that we get to help each other. And for her, she is basically able to say, wow, like this worked for Heather. And now if I want to put a monetary value on this... I can say, you know what? Like, here are my client testimonials. Here's the real life experience I have of helping people. So once again, her interaction with me was quite technically priceless, because if she goes and ch- cranks out a hundred clients at five grand a piece, and she does that for the next twenty five years, it's like, yeah, you didn't get any money out of me, but I was like, kind of a test client for you. So I feel like that's what's so powerful about money is when you recognize that it's an exchange of energy and you always work to give more than you get, you'll always be okay.
2: And to, to bring it back to your original question, I think that that's, a, that's what a true mentor is, is someone who's not necessarily actually looking for, uh, looking to get something out of it. You know, they are just acting on what they feel is right, and like what they think is good. And um, it's not for a specific end result. They just want to share their knowledge for in the hope that it's going to benefit someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really, uh, Heather's example is a really good example of a mentor. So... I don't know if that answers your question at all.
0: He's like, I actually have 500 more (laughs) follow-up questions, but my wife is going to cut my head off. (laughs) off.
1: Jessica's in the, she's in the corner like, no, No, she's not. She's she's totally cool, but she is my DD. So I'm six beers down. No, for me, like in, in like, you know, full disclosure, For me, money is kind of a weird deal, and in my childhood growing up in a very conservative Christian household and to a family, my dad was a pastor growing up and didn't make a lot of money, and, you know, I'm still as an adult, like mid-30s, going on late 30s, going on 40, trying to figure out what money means to me, and I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, and I've had several, you know, kind of goes at making something work, some kind of small business or something like that happened because I was never satisfied with working for a company or working for someone else. You know, it just never really did it for me, even though I've done that, you know, for 15 plus years to support our family. I've always had side projects along the way. And I think that I have, I still have work to do in understanding money and understanding my relationship with money. And how that adds value to life, and how money is a tool, and not necessarily something that holds a lot of emotional, um, I don't know energy. like for me, it's, there's, an, there's emotional ties to money that I't that, that I have a lot of difficulty breaking away from. and therefore, I feel like it's unhealthy in certain ways, and in other ways, it prevents me from living the life that I, I want to live if that makes sense at all and so you know when you mentioned that earlier it really kind of piqued my interest like what do you mean money's like money is equated to energy you know like and Hmm. and and i'm trying to change for me i'm very interested in changing my understanding of what money means if that makes sense
0: yeah i think it's cool and I I also even though like Brad and I can see eye to eye on some things like I, I think there's a lot of things about money that we don't necessarily agree on and our relationships with money are very very different then I feel like we're still trying to navigate that and figure it out because even for myself like the idea of saving money is like almost appalling like I don't even like <laughs> want to consider like not buying The nicest thing or like the name brand thing that i really truly want because like that's saying to me like i don't deserve it or i can't have it yeah and so i'm like no screw you like i'm gonna buy the most expensive thing because
2: she's actually said to my face a couple times yes (laughs) how does that make you feel brad (laughs) (laughs) i think she was right (laughs)
0: <laughs> she yeah, always like, is <laughs> good answer <laughs> but like I mean, it, that's my own baggage with money though like that doesn't necessarily make it right or wrong it's just that's our relationship with it and I think that's the most important part is that awareness of it and then to say do I want to keep this or do I want to ditch it because even talking with Brad I was like man I don't know what I bought. It was like something random. Like I didn't buy the name brand paper towels. Like I saved a buck on such and such paper towels. And like, that was almost a win for me because it was saying like, I'm not attributing my value to having the nicest or the name brand or whatever. It was like, no, that dollar is going to go towards something else that I value which might be a vacation or a trip or something else that I'm saving for so it's still to me is a value play of like what do I want to put my energy towards do I want to put my energy towards having name brand paper towels (laughs) or do I want to put my energy towards saving for buying a house or saving for a trip and But absolutely evaluating that connotation you have around budgeting, saving, making money, charging people, providing value, what are you worth? Like, all of that stuff is so charged. And I remember my dad saying that to me pretty early on. Like, there are two things that are nobody else's business, and it's your sex life and it's your money. (laughs) (laughs) Like. I would absolutely stand behind that now. Like you hmm. cannot talk to people about how much money they make and how they spend their money. And you sure shit can't talk to them about who they're sleeping with. <laughs> so <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it's pretty equivocal. I, I guess I kind of, that's interesting. I come
1: at that from the opposite end where like, I've always been a super saver. Like I want to save money to the point where I feel anxiety about spending money on something that I know I really want. Mm. You know, it's like, even if I've dreamed of owning this one thing for years, it's like the, the point where I have to exchange that money for that item that I know a hundred percent, 110% that I absolutely want causes me a lot of internal anguish, you know? And that's, that's a really weird place. So like,
0: is it I'm, deservability? I don't know what
1: it is, it's, and that—that's a really just good question. That,
4: like, I think that it—it's like, it just the money won't be there. Like the—the the idea of the money not being there
1: makes yeah. you panic. Yeah. Or something. I think I grew up with an idea, and and I'm not trying to like sit here and just bash my parents or my no. upbringing or anything like that because I feel like I grew up in a family with a lot of love and a lot of really wonderful, wonderful attributes and experiences but i think i also grew up in a a pretty fixed income family that was very lower middle class and i i believe i adopted a psychology of scarcity right so it was like there's never quite enough and there's never enough to do the things we want to do and i kind of bought into that you know and as an adult even i struggle with that and and so there's a part of me moving forward where you're saying I have always wanted the things that I want because I believe I deserve them, but to save a buck means I'm putting it towards a future adventure. And for me it's like I've always tried to s- try to save a buck, but now I am tra- I'm trying to bring myself to like buy the shit that I want because I'm trying to come to grips with the fact that I think I deserve that, or whether I deserve it or not, I, like, this life is short, and let's get on with it, let's, let's, let's get the shit we want, and, like, do the adventures we want to do, and, like, you know, every year that goes by, like, the kids are a year older, and... My knees are a one more, one more year <laughs> shot. You know what I mean? It's like
0: I'm know, one but... tablespoon of peanut butter closer <laughs> to the grave. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. <laughs> one jar. Really one.
1: One hundred <laughs> jars. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, I feel like it's almost, if I'm understanding you correctly, it's like we're coming at it from totally opposite angles, possibly. I don't know. I think
0: you're spot on and I think they're both valid because I would say that what I adopted from my parents was like, there's always enough but it's just enough and just mm. in time. Gotcha. <laughs> so, like there is not excess, <laughs> but yeah. like it is like, I legitimately remember, and I think this is hilarious. I was trying to go on a trip to Thailand and I think I was 24, 25 and had planned this five to six week trip, but like didn't really have the money to go, but I had a plane ticket and my dad sits me down and he's like, okay, so like, you don't really have enough time to like go work and like make the money to go. But he's like, there's this thing called a cash advance. <laughs> 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 and he's like, okay, so like you're gonna like get this check from your credit card company and like you're gonna write yourself a check. And I wrote myself a check for seven grand and I was like, you gotta Holy be shit. kidding me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to Thailand, like I'm on my way. Isn't
1: Thailand on seven grand, isn't that like, Like high living, right? You are a millionaire. Like (laughs) high rise
0: Airbnbs. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, but still, like, that is an example for me in my life where, like, the money has always been there. Even if it's unconventional or it's dumb or it's irresponsible or, like, it doesn't matter. Like, the money has always shown up. And, like, for me, that is a trust a uh, relationship with money of like i don't know how i don't know when i don't know like where but like it is sure as shit gonna show up versus feeling like eh, it could be gone at any second and it may not come back
1: how long did it take you to pay that off Till your house burned down <laughs>
0: yeah till the insurance check (laughs) showed up (laughs) but it all
1: worked out
0: (laughs) and then it all worked out and all Uh, the money uh, showed up like i can legitimately think of like a bajillion instances in my life where yeah if anybody looked at it they'd be like you are crazy like you are on your way to just blowing this whole thing and then something radical happens and i'm like there was but life is
4: good right Do you look back and go because i think one thing that like it always boils down to with abe and i is like okay we can say no but if we would have said no we would have missed these like super awesome adventures to spending the money or like doing the daring thing with our finances or whatever Mm -hmm. like living on the edge of risky finances has given us a lot of really awesome life (laughs) it
1: has and to to kind of Like, qualify that statement of living on the edge of risky risky finances is like, we've always been super conservative financially. Yeah. We didn't have credit until just a few years ago. Like, we just paid cash for everything and had debit cards, you know, so you're pulling straight out of your checking account. So, we tried to buy a house and they're like, you know, the weirdest thing, you don't (sighs) exist.
4: (laughs) Which felt cool, too. Yeah. It's like, like,
1: what do you mean we don't exist? Like, you don't have like not only do you you don't have bad credit you don't have it like you don't even show up on credit reports it's like yeah we we're like in our 30s and we've paid cash for everything like what do you mean like we're responsible what are you talking about you know what i mean it's like they're like no this isn't the way the world works get a credit card put (laughs) everything
4: on the credit card and then just pay it off like don't use your cash you know and we were like we thought we were doing a good thing so i just thought like we're we're being financially
1: responsible and it was like so we wanted to buy a house we went and got it tried to get a credit card it's like no you can't have a credit card like why can't we have a credit card we've been responsible it's like no this isn't the way this works And it was just like i'm in my 30s right and i'm trying to figure out this this situation where it's like it's all rigged (laughs) you know it's it's kind of how it felt
0: well, it's all it, it's it is, like already. playing the game and are you willing to play the game? And yeah, I absolutely would not put myself on like a pedestal of like look what I did with money and like I'm such a role model. It's like I feel like my trajectory has always been like make as many mistakes as possible and learn from every single one of them. So
1: But yeah. one thing that's really amazing about credit once you get it is Air Miles.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. We've gone on many adventures um, with Air Miles. Yep.
2: In fact, we'll be going down to Boise for the BHA rendezvous on Air Miles. Yep. You're here, here. Free trip. You're here, here. Cool.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we should talk air. more about that because holy cow, it's so charged. And I don't think that enough people are having those conversations of what does it look like to have a healthy relationship with money and like, what does that even look like for you? Is it to have no credit at all and pay cash for everything? Or is it to play the game or like, what is that? And I feel like it's the same with food or your relationship with your significant other. Just thinking through like, what is my ideal relationship and what do I want it to look like? And then what am I, what steps am I taking to actually get there?
2: Yeah. I think mm-hmm. it's important to, to even start that conversation or frame that conversation around a relationship as opposed to a privilege or a right or, or whatever, you know, like Mm -hmm. a, you, you don't, it's not a, it's not a right to eat, you know, Um, it's a relationship with food and you need to determine what works for you. And what works for you doesn't always work for this person or, or blah blah blah. And I think the same goes with money, the same goes with um I guess well, I guess that's money as well. But anyway, yeah. Sex. I I think, yeah, sex. Who you sleep with? <laughs> Who, <laughs> Who you sleep, sleep with. with? <laughs> exactly. But yeah. I think it's it's spot on that it's 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 all a a mindset, I guess. So.
0: and a personal choice because sure. I think that like even in this room all four of us could have different expectations of money and what it should do for us and we, what we want it to look like and that's fine that's all valid
1: well I'll say one thing is that a year ago this time we had some car breakdown well I guess 14 months ago roughly We had some car breakdowns and we've never been in debt for a vehicle in our life. And we had a a couple, I think two different friends mentioned that they really loved this one vehicle that was like a Ford Excursion with a specific motor 7.3 liter power stroke in it, which, which is a diesel engine. And it's like the last year they made it was 2003. So you're talking a 15 year old rig. And like randomly, we had these two people be like, oh my God, we love this vehicle. It's awesome. And we we're looking at it. And so we had these vehicle failures and we needed a new rig. And we, we had taken our minivan elk hunting the year before and just about broke it to pieces you know on logging roads and stuff but we had like such a great time we're like we are definitely doing this more in the future like the whole family (laughs) the little twins in october were bundled up in their snowsuits with like mittens on just because the wind was you know cold you know and we just had a blast out there so we're like we are definitely doing more of this in the future we're gonna need to upgrade some shit (laughs) you know to make this happen so we decided like hey we were talking about maybe upgrading to an suv a four-wheel drive suv now I guess is the time since our minivan broke down and we went into we decided to go into debt and take out a loan for this and which didn't make in my mind a lot of sense because we'd always bought vehicles with cash and we'd always drove used vehicles like that was just a part of our real like conservative financial beliefs I guess and so but we were thinking more towards the future like okay if we can pay this off this is going to give us a lot of like really valuable life experiences with the kids right so we bought this rig that's like it was a rare motor and it was hard to find When we finally found one in Billings, montana and we drove we yeah we rented a uh, car drove over to billings drove this thing back and uh spent more on it than we than we would have on a, any other suv for that year right Uh, For this diesel motor. And I was like, why? You know, we kind of thought at some point in the future, we maybe we'd pull a trailer. But we had no plans to do that. You know what I mean? And then, all of a sudden, like, shit just changed. Like, it was three months later, I was laid off. And we were trying to figure out what to do next. And then Jessica was like, we've always talked about moving to Alaska. Why don't we move to Alaska? And I was, you know, it took me about a day to be like, you know, Why? (laughs) hell well, yeah, in Alaska. <laughs> fucking fucking hey let's do it you know and uh and it was like and i'm kind of thinking like if i'm gonna be guiding in alaska i don't know where i'm gonna be like that industry is so crazy and work comes and goes you know and it's like we can't just like buy a house when you get there. there's no way that's gonna work so i'm like let's get a trailer let's figure out some kind of living circumstance where we're like a tortoise with a with a shell on our back you know what i mean like we got to be a little more self-sufficient than relying on some kind of rental property somewhere. we might, I might not even be working close to it, you know, who knows? So we buy this trailer, you know, and it was just like, and then we had like the perfect rig to pull a big ass trailer full of all of our shit and all of our family up to Alaska. And it was just like, there was this moment I remember driving where I'm just like, I could not have planned this. Like I could have backed up and I could have thought forward and thought like, this is a possibility. Maybe we should plan for this. But I knew at hmm. the time in my life, like I would have not, I would not have given the same amount of validity to that thinking, like to that dreaming to actually have gone through with those actions. Like they just happened, right? Like we just bought this rig based on recommendations from friends. And then turns out like, circumstantially that i got laid off and we decided to move to alaska we, so we bought a trailer and away we go and it was just like is this real like mm-hmm. like it seemed like almost like there was some greater force behind I, and i don't know i'm not trying to get all woo or crazy or anything like the that. but it was like how did this shit happen <laughs> like it's like, like we more cowbell but more woo-woo yeah we could have <laughs> we could have easily gotten a minivan that would never ever would have pulled a trailer to alaska and that would have been like my rational like super practical thinking like we just need another minivan that's gonna get like 32 miles per gallon and haul seven you know seven people around like that's what we need to do you know and but we didn't you know and i just
0: dreams are important
1: Dreams are important. Yeah.
0: And you got to be careful what you wish for because yeah. it's going to come true. What did
4: you say the hippie way? I, I always think thoughts become things. But you said, mm. what did you say earlier? It was better than that. It was had a few
0: more words. It's probably pretty close to that. Thoughts become things. What you think about, you bring about. Yeah.
1: Oh, what, what you, you, think you think about, about you bring, bring about.
0: Because I had a similar experience recently where I'd put like my dream car on the vision board and was like, I want this car and I'd gone in three times in the last year. And every time it was just like, ah, eh, like I'm not ready to trade in my car. Was it
1: like, a Super Cub? No, I Oh, wish. okay. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs>
0: and so, like, there was a multiple occasions where it was like, ah, eh, like this doesn't feel good. Like I don't like the guy who's trying to sell me the car, like, or whatever. They're not going to give me a good trade in. Bah. And then... The car I was driving, I got a flat tire. I was
4: going to say, is this a different car? It's a different car because yeah. got a
0: flat tire and it was like, oh, you're going to have to spend X amount of dollars to replace all four tires. This is an all wheel drive vehicle. And so it's like, there's 800 bucks. Oh, and by the way, your passenger door, you know, like needs, it failed and needs to be replaced. There's $800. And then like, it just started to add up where I was like, holy cow, I could trade in my car for a brand new car and spend less. Mm -hmm. than what I would have spent to fix up my old car. And like, then it was just kind of like, (laughs) Like, this, this does make sense on paper and I'm getting what I asked for, but just in kind of a roundabout way. And I feel like that's been the value that Amy provided to me was being able to actually make a financial decision on paper. But man, I wouldn't have done that years ago. It just would have been like very impulse of... I want this now, and it doesn't matter how much it costs, and, like, let's just do the damn thing. So that was kind of interesting for me recently to not only get what I asked for but in a roundabout way, but then to additionally see, okay, this actually does make financial sense. Like, I'm being financially responsible. Brad's smiling at me like, no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's the car that's sitting out here with the dealer plates on it we pulled up and we're like hmm different sweet (laughs) it's an Audi right right?
0: yeah I drove my other Audi for seven years and it got me all over the place but like I say just used vehicles yeah I do think it makes sense financially until they start to break down Mm -hmm. yeah
1: there's that that's what YouTube is is for though (laughs) absolutely
0: yeah there's not I, a
4: lot you can do with a Toyota Sienna that has like almost 300,000 yeah, miles on it. Though, Like yeah, when our car died, that. we were like, well, we're
0: YouTubing that. all done. <laughs> it was also <laughs> no like <YouTube-ing> mid-January,
1: <laughs> zero degrees outside. I'm like, right. I'm not going to go outside and like Trying shade tree mechanic this shit right? in yeah. zero degree weather. Like where the wrenches stick to your gloves. And, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. Plastic's breaking. Yeah, plastic's breaking, yeah.
0: yeah no, thank you. No, I'm I'm psyched for you guys that you ended up here, and I think that that's really affirming for me. It's fun to hear from other people that the dream came true. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Mm -hmm.
1: Super fun. We're excited to be here. (laughs) Jessica's like... Cut this shit off. Well, was <laughs> just time deep, to great great go home. Oh, yeah, there. She layers. gave the
0: captain hook, oh. like, we're done here. When the 14-year-old is
4: like, wow mom, I'm going to bed. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> You're
0: ahead of me.
1: All right. <laughs> never Thanks happens. for coming over, you guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Super fun. Yep. We're gonna do it again soon? Yeah. We'll That's bring good. Django the snorer.
0: Jan- <gasps> yeah,
1: bring Django to our house. Sleep over time. <laughs>
0: Just the dog. Daisy.
4: Sometimes Abe and are like we'll be upstairs in bed and I'm like, I think I hear Daisy snoring. like everybody be (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, it's just Daisy snoring downstairs.
1: Our dog. That's funny. What kind of dog is Daisy? We don't know. Oh. She's a cute dog. Yep. That's all. Medium size. Kind of mm. a booty on her. Okay. Well, waddles when she walks. yeah. Yep. Super sweet. Super sweet. Awesome. Dogs. Doodle dogs. Daisy doodle dog. I like it. <laughs> Not as well trained as Django.
2: Oh Django Django went through a like straight up cla like yeah. he was born into a training program. So <laughs> we didn't we didn't have anything to do with that. We got we 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 got super lucky. We he came with commands and tricks all and the shit. all we all have to the all, shit. all we have to do is keep up with it. Yeah. <laughs> so the training was not there, huh? That's perfect.
3: Huh? <laughs> Yo, what up, Django?
0: <gasps> <sighs> you guys need to take this animal spirit medicine card. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Cool. we would Didn't love that. It? Do it, yeah. yeah. We'll out. You guys have